it could have been makeup. It could have been some other bodily fluid, but it really looked like dried blood, like Wait. streaks of dried blood. <laughs> She looked at me with these like black eyes and she goes, oh, I'm gonna put them on your nipples. I'm like, no, what? don't do that. So I get to actually see you opening my package. There is, <laughs> I mean, I, I've been dreaming about this day for 20 years. Oh my God! <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh Lord. Okay. are live all of my devices just lit up like long long short drink has gone live like is, is his live stream recording right now welcome everybody we're it's our return from our summer hiatus this is yes, episode triumphant return 51 of long walk short drink did you like let's just sit there for a second dave when we first started this crazy thing did you ever think we would even make it to 50 like it's weird i don't know i don't know if i ever really thought about that yeah. I, I just sort of I, I don't know that sounds weird to say in a way but I it just never because like, thought it would end <laughs> you just never thought it would it would never end is that like I don't know once we got once we got doing it uh it just seemed so so like such a good thing that yeah. I don't think I wanted to entertain like what if it stopped <laughs> yeah no I I mean I'm kind of the same way well and maybe I looked at it, it like I'm looking at it the same way but I just thought of it differently where it was like, even if it's not a show, we would still do this just because this is really beneficial for both of us, I think. So, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, no, I like I can't 51, man. We are back. I uh, hope everybody had a great. We're already up to three viewers. So we oh, uh, cool. had definitely had some people chomping at the bit to get in here uh, and see us. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for watching. Uh, it's, we're glad to be back. Hope you had a great July. Uh, man, 51, man. Awesome. I know it is. It's pretty cool. Uh, uh, we're we're rocking some new logos that uh, Palmer would have introduced. Oh, this is Dave just for new listeners. Oh, yeah. Dave t- uh, podcast that I eat from Northfield, Minnesota. And Palmer, buddy, uh, Dayton, Ohio. I'm uh, yeah. podcasting you from Dayton, Ohio. Says so on your hat. I love that. Yeah, Palmer. <laughs> that, that was the first. Tonight. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm rocking this T-shirt. Man. This Bloodsport T-shirt. Kuma- Kumite Championship. We'll try to imitate so awesome. the picture. So uh, this, I'm making that noise for podcast listeners. You have to make a noise for you to show up on the the video feed. Which, if you're not subscribed to us on YouTube, what do you just would it, would it kill you to subscribe to us on YouTube? We're trying yeah. to get to a uh, hundred so we're, that we can get a unique URL. Where are we at right now? We're at fifty. Fifty. Oh man, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Maybe we'll maybe we'll earn one listener every show, and then on on it. our hundredth episode. We'll finally get our you. We'll be able to unveil our unique YouTube URL. That would be awesome. Yeah, uh, I did. 
I Instagrammed this. I have an I have an Instagram account that I've had for years and years, and I almost never use. Mm-hmm. But I starting I sort of rebranded, if you could call it that, to include not just my music. Oh uh, yeah. So, so so I'm gonna try to you know mention long walk short drinking that because for some reason I, that seems to be where people are hanging out. So um, yeah. I wonder, and I so I teased the live listen. So I wonder if one of these might be from that. If so, great. If That's not, awesome. Welcome. I, and if you're new, welcome, welcome. If you're listening to us after this has been recorded or you're joining us for the first time live, um, our whole shtick now is Wednesdays. So like oh, episode's yeah. going to yeah. come out on Wednesday and then the next week we'll record the next one. So every Wednesday you'll either get the nice trimmed podcast version of, of our, of these conversations that Dave puts together and uh, gets them all ready to go or we'll be recording these live conversations so that's right yes um and we got a doozy for you today not just the catch-up but uh from our month off but we palmer and i didn't go the month without talking and a couple of times we even got on uh like a google hangout and and the last probably two weeks ago yeah. we recorded it and it's supposed to be just like a bunch of brainstorming ideas for the show but it ended up we we were starting to talk about king stuff so we we're going to make it like a king corner roll-in but palmer fleshed out this idea that he's teased episodes ago that i'll i don't know he can either talk about now or, or we'll save it till then because it ultimately was like a three hour just he was on fire. It was amazing. It was so, I, so we're going to end today's episode with with that. Not today for the live viewers, but for people listening I, and I, watching. I, so later. so I could not get it to play to stream while I was traveling, which we'll talk about that too. Um, it is for those of you. I will get to listen to it the first for the first time when you do, including. I don't remember having that conversation. It is I, <laughs> like I joked with Dave. That it is my Cujo because the story is Stephen King doesn't remember writing Cujo because he was so drunk and and stoned and on drugs and everything at the time, and I was just drunk during this conversation. I just got progressively drunker during the conversation, which just uh, I'm sure it's just a lot of rambling and uh, not. I, I, I'm interested to see how coherent of a story I have there, uh, but yeah, I can't wait. It was yeah, it's pretty exciting. I mean, there are um, it was. There were there were sometimes and there was one sort of longer tangent that I know we covered on a previous show. So I'm gonna like take that out and a few times where every once in a while there are very few times where you truly repeat yourself. Most times when you'd circle back to the topic that we're teasing, it would be a, some new spin on it. Oh, and uh, wow. so I I'm kind of trimming things out, but it'll pr- it'll pretty much be that just so that it, I don't know how long we'll talk tonight, but just so that episode 51 isn't five hours long. But oh uh, yeah. Yeah, it is so cool. So, um, so for live viewers today on August first, twenty eighteen, you'll not get to uh, be treated to that. But next week, a week from today, on August eighth, it'll drop and yep. all be integrated. Um, and it's funny, funnily enough, the the top main topic at the King Corner was Cujo, which I had just read. which you had just read, and then I ended up like blacking out. Like I was telling Dave today, because we were getting ready for this recording, so we touched base on the phone, and I was like, there is a distinct end to my memories of that conversation. I and I never do that ever ever, and I it's so rare for me to not remember anything. And that happened that night. And so I'm excited to listen to this conversation because I want to take notes so I can write or, well, kind of so that we can do this project because I think it's going to be amazing. Oh, yeah. 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 It is a, it is a, it is a 
project uh, development sort of session of sorts. But it's one of those things where the telling of it as it occurs to Palmer is so exciting. Yeah. I, mean, I can't think of a better yeah. preview. Well, and, um, and it, man, I, if it, if it could happen, that would be like 2020 man, summer 2020. If we set that as our target and just work towards that summer 2020, where we just like take a month off to do it. I think it would be epic. <laughs> like so <laughs> epic. It is epic. Oh man. Uh, oh, speaking of epic, I was going to tell about this shirt. Yes, so I ahead. turned uh, 39 over our hiatus and this was a birthday gift that came in the mail. So for, um, you know, if you're, if you're listening, then watch the YouTube feed or something. But, uh, what, what, go to the YouTube and <laughs> watch episode 51 uh, and you'll see, you can see the shirt. Uh, but basically it's a, it's a blood sport shirt that uh, says Kumite championship 1988, uh, 88 was the year it came out. And so there's Mr. Jean-Claude Van Damme. They're doing his jumping split as a, a screen grab from the movie. Um, so it came in the mail and I knew Palmer had been, I knew Palmer had gotten me something and I'll actually be opening that. Uh, on 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 air on mic yeah. <laughs> later today on camera um but uh this was just was so shocking <laughs> to see this uh this great blood sports shirt you know for a 30 year old movie literally 30 years old this year um i'd never seen this shirt and uh because we talk about Jean-Claude Van Damme so much in the show, I just figured it had to be Palmer or basically one of the cast members and um i'd already gotten something from moto uh, hap- actually, it happens to be a different shirt, which I'll wear in a different episode. Um, and so, so I texted Palmer. I'm like, "This is from you!" Like, I was so excited. Yeah. Is this it? Yeah. You're like, "No, <laughs> no, your present's still sitting on my table." Yes, I know. Yeah. It's past your birthday. It's still here. Uh, don't worry. It was so. We- I was then. I was just baffled. I was like, well, "Who got this for me?" Um. Oh my goodness, my nephew is watching. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. He texted me. Uh. Um, I don't know. I don't want to. Yeah, I'll just say I don't know what to call him. I'll just talk. This is the voice I have for him. Be, this show would be a lot better if you if you'd all just let me watch it by myself. Um, <laughs> I don't want to give his name, but so that's for that's for you, sir. Uh, um, but so actually, so it, I think I know why he's watching because as it turns out, it was it was my father-in-law, the bride's father, that got me this. Oh wow! And. He's, uh, you know, he's he's older than us. Yeah, <laughs> I know he doesn't know Jean Claude Van Damme movies. He does know that I like Jean Claude Van Damme, so I think he just like kind of got creative is, and is found like this. Yeah, worst, <laughs> like <laughs> that you like Jean Claude Van Damme. I like Jean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> you, I, what you are is like a whole different level of. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> like like you would wear a Jean-Claude Van Damme skin suit I think if you were given the opportunity that's the, yeah and then oh you do God. that walk where you like where you like have your butt out where his exercise thing where he's like oh, you're watching yeah. this with his pants around his ankles yeah yeah oh shit <laughs> this bad die job oh man yeah. all right i'm sorry so uh, your father-in-law no, that's got okay. you that. yeah i mean that's that's the pun that's the punchline it was uh such a surprise gift in general but from such a surprising um um person yeah. that uh somehow extra special so i mean i'm sure viewers or will uh will have our show will see this many times in the episodes to come but this is the first time i'm that's proudly awesome. sporting it it even came with this like decal thing of like the the basically the design from the shirt and then it's like a blood sport logo 
I'm going to put that awesome. on my guitar case, I think. Yeah. But uh, pretty dang exciting. That, that um, is exciting. Let's grab oh, our let's grab our yeah long, let's, let's grab our beverages long beverage. It's long, oh, yeah, sorry. We have short. Yeah. We, it's a short drink because we talk so much. So you need a long beverage. I know. <laughs> so long walkers, grab your beverage of choice and let's take this short drink together. Yeah. <laughs> hey. That was terrible. Uh, what? Okay. All right. Shall we? On three, and three. Nice. Oh. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Wolf, wolf, wolf. <laughs> God bless it. That's okay. I smell so terrible. Like, I just smell like the road. I like the yeah. D song. Like, the road, the road is fucking hard. The road is fucking tough. <laughs> There's no question that uh, it is a rough, rough stuff. The road is a B.I. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> All right. So, we're gonna, we're, this, this episode, <laughs> cheers, buddy. This episode's going to get like, <laughs> Copyright a copyright warning be, just from us singing that song from yeah because we sing it so close yep <laughs> to that I have noticed that posting covers to YouTube and stuff if they're particularly close to the original like the algorithm or whatever ca- catches yep. it but if it's like if it's re- different we'll, we'll do our our mighty juice rehearsal someday we'll include that oh man that uh, do we have any documentation from that from my thirtieth birthday party like there are pictures yeah, uh, well yeah I and, have those. Well, and I just for I guess and then then there's actually a kitchen rehearsal that was done at the oh at, um, yeah yeah at yeah the, uh, I can't I wish I could think of the the give the giver of this gift it was yeah. done at my father in my father in law's kitchen on the uh, probably the day of the of your birthday and when Palmer and I performed as a tribute tenacious D tribute act we called mighty juice yeah <laughs> and we Man. did like a whole thing so yeah but we basically what it was was an hour long set pretending to be tenacious d really like of their sketches we had seen them live multiple times so we worked some of those bits in and then the cd like the their that the tenacious d album uh and just that's what i wanted to do for my 30th birthday and man it was so fun that was a great oh time. yeah i've I'm, i know there was someone recording cell phone footage in the kind of lawn chair audience and you're yeah uh, in the backyard there but i it was like early cell phone stuff, yep. Lord knows. But what we, I remember because the rehearsal was fine, but we weren't like going all out. Yeah. And there was like the routines that Tenacious D had, where like the one guy pissed the other one off, and then he quits the band. <laughs> and so we had to do a thing where he like smacked the cake out of my hand, and I quit the band. I was wearing red sweats. <laughs> Kyle quit the band. Don't worry. Now we're back together. No. Oh. <laughs> Oh, so standing couldn't understand. understand. Doesn't matter. Now we're back together again. La 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 la. Couldn't split up Cato and Nash. That's true. <laughs> couldn't split up Tango and Cash. That's also true. <laughs> this is our song of exalting joy because. Man. We only came to kick some ass. <laughs> okay, now we are going to get copyrighted. Yeah, yeah. Um, totally. All right. Uh, so my uh, my uh, my my nephew, and it looks like he is with the bride. They they're cheersing us, and he seems to be drinking out of the uh, maybe an entire iced tea container. <laughs> I don't all right, know, it looks huge. But so, cheers <laughs> to you. Cheers to everyone listening. Yep. Palmer, as you mentioned, you've been on the road. You have had quite the week. Yeah. But I'm going to enjoy my beverage while you tell us all about because it sounds like oh man, 
a very long walk. So, uh, well, I quit. I like I we, I talked about how I quit my job and then I started my own business and one of the, you know, I'm just throwing a bunch of stuff on the wall to try to see what sticks and um, I. One of the facets, uh, I love pinball. Um, I'm not very good at playing pinball, but I love to tinker with them. Um, and it's a really great community of people. I mean, like any community, there's shitty people in it, but you just avoid those people. The rest of the people are cool. And so uh, I have, I, I started with one pinball machine and then, excuse me, geez. Um, I have slowly, I like I, I traded up. And I got, uh, I started with a Independence Day. Like none of this will have context unless you're in the pinball community. So I started with Independence Day, which it, it was a really nice home use only Independence Day, which means it never got, it was never in a bar or a pizza parlor. Like it was always in somebody's house, right? Which those public pinball machines, they get beat to piss because nobody owns them or cares about them. You're, you know, they're just out there to make money. So people beat them up. And so, um, that one was home use only. And I traded that up for a more valuable table, which was my getaway table, which was a little older and, and not in as good a shape, but just being the game that it was, of course, depending on what pinball machine will affect the value of it in, in addition to the condition that it's in. So like the getaway is a more valuable table than independence day, but because of the condition it was in, it wasn't worth as much money as it could have been worth, right? But I still traded up. Um, and then over the weekend, I really wanted, I, I was getting, I, I wanted some variety. The worst part is having of having one pinball machine is that you only have one pinball machine. So like, that's the only game you can play, right? I'm still yeah. working on restoring my um, Space Invaders one. So all I had was um, getaway and I kind of hit a wall on it and I just was like ready for something new. You just burn out really fast when you only have one. And so I uh, was looking on uh, it's pinside.com is the is the site that I use. It's got a whole pinball community in there. They do like you can post. I have this problem with my machine or you search for a problem that you have with one of your machines and either. There's already somebody that had that same problem and then the community helps solve it. Or if it's new, the community then will respond in this forum like setting to help you fix your problem. And it's like all based on the community. And a portion of that is also like classified ads. So if you want to trade your machines or sell them or anything like that, you can just post an ad up there and it's searchable and all that stuff. Right. And so I... One thing that I like to do is I like to search out I will do a keyword for a like I did. I searched for getaway. And of course, it brought up a bunch of ads of people selling getaway, but it also brings up any reference to getaway in other ads, which usually means if somebody's up for a trade. And so um, I saw a uh, revenge for Mars that somebody wanted. They were like, I'm looking for a getaway. And they listed like five different tables they were looking for. But one of them was getaway. And I'm like, well, and it would be another trade up because this Revenge for Mars was in like really, really, really great condition. Um, and my getaway, it, while it was fully functional, the cabinet was in rough shape. So that kind of made it, they call it like player's quality, where it's like you don't really, you're not collecting the machine. You just want to play it for the game. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and then there's collector quality where it's like everything's pristine and it looks great. And 
the revenge for Mars was more a collector's quality. And then mine getaway was more of a player's quality, but I was like, Hey, the worst he can say is no. So I sent him an email and said, Hey, here's some pictures of my machine. Uh, here's a video of, it has like, it has this one toy in it that it's called a, a super, they call it the supercharger, but it's basically got a magnet that accelerates the steel ball around a track. But like, that's all, that's all there. And so I sent him uh, an email and said, Hey, here's, I have a getaway. This is what it looks like. Let me know if you want to like work out a deal. And he replied back. He's like, I totally like, he's like, we can work something out. So then I just sent him this long email that was basically like, here's everything that I know of that's wrong with it and everything that I fixed on it, basically. And I ended that with, if I was going to do a deal, especially one where technically I'm losing because losing money because his Revenge for Mars is more valuable than my getaway was, I was like, here's everything I would want to know before I did the trade. Because the kicker was he was from Atlanta, Georgia. So that's like an eight-hour drive from (laughs) Dayton. And my whole thing was, I'm not getting in my car and driving eight hours until I know for sure dude's going to do the trade, right? Yeah, yeah. And so so, uh, we did a little back and forth. He asked for some more video and a couple more pictures, and I sent those. And then finally, I he was just like, I wouldn't let you drive down here unless I was going to do a trade, and I'm going to tell you right now I'm going to do a trade. Like, we'll we can totally do this. Well, in that time when I'm like waiting to find, figure out if he's going to do this trade, I also found another machine for sale that talking to Ash, we decided it was a really good investment. The pictures looked really, it was an eBay one, which I was really hesitant because you don't get to try the game out before you buy it. You can only like, it, it was an or best offer. So you could make an offer for less than what they were asking but it's not like I can be like, I'll buy this if I can play it and make sure it works. I just have to go by what the eBay listing is, basically. Yeah. And so I had put an offer in on that table before I heard back from this guy. And then, of course, both of them come through. Like the guy <laughs> says, yeah, I'll trade my Revenge for Mars for your getaway. And then they countered uh, for a little bit more money. But it was still a great deal based on the pictures. Um for the judge dread table. And I talked to Ash and I was like, you know, we're not putting any money other than the, to travel down to Atlanta for the revenge for Mars, but we would have to buy the judge dread if you're still okay with that. And she's like, yeah, whatever. And so (laughs) I Monday night, I got in the van at eight o'clock. We had getaway. I worked until six and from six to eight, I basically, I, my part-time job, uh, from six to eight, we loaded up getaway and I got ready to hit the road. And at eight o'clock I hit the road from Dayton and drove to Chattanooga, Tennessee, which was about two hours North of Atlanta. And then on Tuesday morning, I got up and got breakfast and hit the road for Atlanta, met up with dude around noon. We spent like two hours talking pinball and playing the machines like he played uh, Getaway and I played Revenge from Mars and everything and loaded them up. And just as we got, we're getting uh, the Revenge from Mars into the van. Like it's it's like somebody turned on a faucet and just like poured rain. It was like perfect timing. (laughs) But like so the night before, like I told Ash, um, I was like, 
I don't want to kill myself on this drive. So I'm going to get a hotel room mon for Monday night. And I, of course, I'm going to get in in the middle of the night in Chattanooga, but get a hotel room and just sleep in until checkout, basically. And uh, then I'll do the long bust ass ride back home. I'll just do the eight hours straight coming home, but I'll be rested pretty much. Because uh, originally I was going to do the whole trip in a day, like drive down throughout the middle of the night, swap in the morning and then hit the road in the afternoon and come back up. Right. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't do that 16 hours all like straight on top of like stops and all that stuff. So I uh, got a hotel room in Chattanooga, which I'm not going to say the name of the hotel chain because. Fuck. It, it, um, yeah, no, I'm not going to do it, but <laughs> so. I get I, I I got on Expedia and I yes it did not go well. <laughs> oh, wait till you hear this. So, and I got this hotel room. Now I did not get the cheapest hotel room that was available on there because I was telling Double D this story and he's like, listen, he's like, the, you know, if you want to spend just a little more money or whatever, and and I I totally get that you get what you pay for, but it was not the cheapest room. It was still a seventy dollar room, which is like to me that's like a mid priced hotel room, right? Like the cheap mm -hmm. ones are like. The thirty or forty dollar a night rooms, and then there's like the seventy to ninety dollar rooms, and then there's like the hundred and twenty five and up rooms, right? Yeah. And so I figured it was like a good middle of the road room. Got there at like three a.m. Get all checked in with zero incident. I'm a little hesitant to just leave my pinball machine in the car, right? Like in, my, in the back of my van overnight. But I mean, what else are you going to do? I'm not going to haul it into the room and then put it back <laughs> in the van, right? So. That's fine. I get all my bags, get my toolbox, go into the room. I put all my stuff down. The first thing I do is strip the comforter and the blanket off the bed because they never change those. So I don't use them. I just use the top sheet. Strip those things off the bed. And I'm like, I'm going to take a shower. That'll help get me relaxed. I put two melatonin. I pop two melatonins like to oh. help me sleep. Right. Do and, you do that often or is that? Uh, and I've started doing that regularly. Okay. Yeah. And it does help a lot. Uh, it one, gives me horrendous nightmares. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one yeah. without fail. <laughs> one does absolutely nothing for me, so I have to do two uh, before I notice a difference. So I and that was my crucial mistake. It's like the first thing I did before I did oh. anything else was I put I took these two melatonin right, and so I go and I take my shower, and as I'm getting out of the shower, I pull the curtain back to a roach crawling across the wall uh, like oh. right by and I'm just like you have got to be fucking shitting me and so I'm like well I'm not staying here and like get out of the shower and uh, I, I put my clothes back on I get all my bags and as I'm getting my bags off the bed I look at what it could have been makeup it could have been some other bodily fluid, but it really looked like dried blood, like streaks of dry blood, where you had like road rash, you know, and it kind of like leaked on the sheets while you were sleeping. You know what I'm talking about? Or like if you get a tattoo, if you if anybody's got a tattoo, you know, the next morning after you got a tattoo, you you will smudge a little bit on the sheets. That's what it looked like, like that kind of blood. Like oh. it wasn't like spatters of blood. It was like somebody had a road rash and it had like weeped onto the sheets while they were tossing and turning. Yeah. Regardless of what it was, it was obviously like dirty sleeped in sheets that they had just remade the bed with. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck 
this place. And so grabbed all my shit, throw it in the van, go back to the front desk. And I'm like, are you able to give me a refund or do I have to go through Expedia? And she's like, well, what's wrong? And I said, well, I got out of the, your shower was filthy, had black mold on the handle and like dirty where it looked like it had not been cleaned. That was okay. I've showered and worse. But when I opened the shower, there's a roach crawling across the bathroom floor and the sheets have blood on them. And she's like, well, let me just get you a different room. And I'm like, if you have a roach in one room, you have a roach in every room. Like, I'm not like I, uh, I I'm not it, I'm, I'm not going to stay here. I'd rather sleep in my van. Well, I don't want sir. I don't want you to sleep in your van. That's just silly. I was like, can you get me a room in another hotel then? She's like, well, I can't do that either. I said, okay, well, then I'm going to sleep in my van. Are you going to tell me if I sleep in my van? She's like, of course, I won't tell you. I was like, okay, well, then I'm just going to sleep in my van. That's fine. Because I thought I can get up in the morning. I can use the lobby bathroom. Everything will be fine. By this point, oh, and I knew I couldn't push through to Atlanta because I had just taken that melatonin. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like That was the other thing, too. So I was like, all right, well, what the hell? So I go and I get in my van and I'm going to sleep. Well, then as I'm trying to sleep, it's now at this point, it's like five. So where people are wanting to hit the road, you know, if they're traveling. So it's like the parking lot all of a sudden is just like bustling with people, like getting ready to move on with their day. There's no way I was going to sleep through that. So I bring up Google maps. I find another hotel that's close that I, that the reviews were good and it looked fine. So I go to that hotel and I go into the lobby the, to the foyer the doors are security locked because it's in the middle of the night. Right. Yeah. And so I pick up the, the foyer phone to ring the front desk. And for 15 minutes, I kept letting it ring out zero response pounding oh. on the door. Like, hello, like I want to rent a room. Here's my money. <laughs> you know, like no response, zero response whatsoever. Right. And finally, I'm just like, well, I'm not getting in here. And I turn around and there's another oh. roach, like crawling across the floor of that hotel. And I'm like, Man, this is disgusting. So, Jesus. <laughs> so I try to sleep in my van again. Not going to happen. And so I got on the highway and just started going down the highway until I found a ho like another string of hotels, and ended up finding a decent room. Uh, I I did go into one hotel, and I will say the name of this one because it this is shitty, and I know this is any <laughs> hotel, but at this point it is after five, almost six o'clock, right? And so I go, there's a man sitting at the desk and I was like, Hey, here's the deal. I got a room like three or four exits up. The hotel was disgusting. I decided not to stay there, which Expedia did get my refund process. I'm going to get my money back from that. No problem. Uh, but I was like, it's only, I, I mean, it's six o'clock. Your checkout time is 11. I was like, is there any discount if i just want to rent a room for five hours i just need to sleep for four and i'll be out right. of here you know yeah and the guy's like are you a member of triple a and i'm like no and he's like well i guess i can still give you the triple a price so that'd be 118 plus tax oh. and i'm like no that's for a whole day i just need like i just need it till 11 like i'll check out at 11 he's like yeah i you think you get a special rate for that it's 118 dollars and i'm like Whoa, what a dick. I'm like, all right, well, uh, thanks for thanks for no help. And like you can go fuck yourself yeah. now. <laughs> so then I went over to the like in the other hotel still charged me for a whole day. I know any hotel's gonna do that. I totally get that. But at least that one was like way cheaper. It was only sixty bucks. 
So, and that room was fine. Like no issues there. I just couldn't sleep. So by that Not point, I, that, yeah, I couldn't yeah. sleep. So, <laughs> so I powered through, I uh, got all that swapped out. I was, I, the guy was a, a tattoo artist. I almost got a tattoo from him. Uh, but I was like, I really should hit the road. I should not stay and uh, like that the would just like, hotel or the the the, the, pinball guy, guy. the pinball guy that I traded the oh, pinballs yeah. with. So I was imagining like the two of you when you're describing it, you're each playing a new pinball game. So I'm just like, is this like Step Brothers? Is it like Karate in the Garage? Oh, like yeah. montage like, for you too? <laughs> like total bonding. Like <laughs> that's great. Because I told him, like one of the things is is like this community, i.e. the pinball community, it'll stay as pure as we keep it. So I just want to be upfront and honest about stuff, you know. And uh, he's like, I totally respect that. And I said, and then you always, when you find somebody that's passionate about pinball, you want to talk about pinball for a while. He's like, yep. And so that's what we did. Um, and awesome. uh, so I hit the road around. Shit. I got stuck in Atlanta traffic that ate up a bunch of time. It was after two before I rolled in, but I did that drive straight. Like I, there was a couple times I stopped. I did stop for a power nap at one point. Um, oh, I, from Atlanta to yeah, Dayton. Dayton. I oh, stopped at a rest area and slept in the car for like a half an hour just to like rejuvenate me. And, uh, I ate that really like it, it's it's amazing how like I'm just like oh I feel so down and it's like well when was the last time you ate oh you ate like 12 <laughs> hours ago and it's like oh. I eat something and I'm instantly like I could drive for days you know and it, <laughs> <laughs> so uh <laughs> yeah so that was like a thousand miles in 30 hours like 1060 miles in 30 oh hours. my gosh and uh on top of like hauling pinball machines and you know, sitting in Atlanta traffic and uh, all that hotel ordeal and no sleep and uh, just, oh, I smell so bad because I did not stop. <laughs> like, I, I did shower. The one shower I had was at the Skeezy Motel, right? And so, oh, yeah. Um, so this morning I wake up and we get the, the machine in. And I know everybody's going to think this guy, like, done me wrong but i guarantee you i played plenty of games on that before i loaded in the van it worked just fine i screwed something up and caused a short so now i have to do that's when you get a pinball if you're going to be a pinball machine guy you have to be it's just like hot rods right like you don't get a hot rod like a an old car and then never do any work to it right you you get that old car and you maintain it to keep it like functional and so that you can appreciate it. That's, that's half yeah. of why you get it is so that you have something to work on. It's the same thing with pinball. Um, I was really frustrated because I, I literally could not play the game. We got it. Ash and I got it moved in this morning from the van, got it all set up. And I went to start a game to show it to her. It's um, so revenge for Mars is uh, it's, it was like, one of the last pinball machines produced in the in the height of pinball in the in 1999 basically that's when this game came out and it was the first did you say 1999 1999 that's your favorite year for movies i know and, uh, right <laughs> so anyway sorry I wanted to let that and, go and, and the year i graduated high school and the year that we uh was well no we started palmer's picks the year before that right so uh no no that was the year of palmer's picks january 1999 yeah and it was it was over by November. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there you go. Good year. Good A lot year. of stuff happened in that year. Well, this this machine, this 
literally in, it, it integrated a, a monitor that sits over, you know, a pinball machine is a piece of glass with all the mechanics underneath it, right? Well, this monitor sits over that glass and reflects a hologram onto the game that then you interact with. So like this is um it's a Martian themed. I I can send a video that you can so you can see it, but it's all it's a sequel to a really popular game called Attack from Mars. Uh but like it will put Martians down on the playfield and you have to run them over with the ball. Like that's one thing that you, oh, know, wow. you know what I mean like so it's really awesome. Uh it, a lot of uh, for a time people did not like that game because they said it, it that's what killed pinball and really pinball was dead before that it, that that game tried to save pinball and it's a ton of innovations it's just a nice piece of pinball history they produced that one under the pinball 2000 that's pinball 2000 is what that that series is called they produced that game and they produced um star wars episode one at, uh, under this pinball 2000 style where it has the hologram with it and so um i have yet to play a game on it in my house. Uh, at, once I get this work done, I have to order some parts and then have to solder them in. Uh, so it's going to be a week or so probably before I can actually play it. But that's fine. Like, not a big deal. Um, and then I won that eBay one. So my original plan was we were going to record this. And then I have to work in the middle of the night. And then once I got off that job, I was going to head up to because that one's by Cleveland. So I was just going to head up and pick it up and then bring it down tomorrow. Well, I told Ash, I was like, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be grateful if I already had that done. So I called the guy and he was okay with me coming. So today I left right before. That's why we were a little late getting started because I was on the road coming back from Illyria and getting another pinball machine loaded up. And that one's a judge dread. Uh, and the awesome thing about that. So all I had, all this guy had done was he had taken pictures of the cabinet in the play field, basically like he didn't take pictures of any of the circuit boards. He didn't take pictures of any of the, um, the under the play field, like any of the mechanical stuff. It was just the play field and the cabinet. But those things that he had taken photos of, it looked really, really clean. I got up there. I'm the second owner of that machine. One other guy owned it and traded it in. The, the guy I bought it off of, he owned a vending company that sells all kind of coin-operated stuff. Arcade games, pinball machines, those dart machines that you see in bars and stuff like that. And so one of his customers had traded this in towards a new pinball machine. And it had been in his house the entire time. And he took excellent care of it. Like, it's the cabinet, is. there's nothing wrong with it. Normally, like where you bolt the legs onto a pinball machine, it like it gets this impression, this indent in there, and it's like the artwork kind of curls up. It's it's just pristine. It I got such a great deal on it after seeing the boards are all original, like none of they haven't been soldered or anything or fixed or anything like that. Like all if you're if anybody's listening is is in the pinball community, you know like all these things that I'm talking about, but it it uh was just really it's just a really beautiful specimen of a machine that i gambled on and knock on wood like came it came through so uh like it, it exceeded my expectations to say the least but that so that was another i don't know let me hang on let me find out how long that trip is and i'll tell you round trip then 
<laughs> it's funny. I some of this was ringing a bell from when I was, uh, you know, doing ind- my independent music tours, which from which I never ever made any money, but just wanted to do the thing. And there in t- uh, 2013, I went. I did four days in four different states, and drove 200 or 2,500 miles. And I I had similar experience. Not I never like got my money back from a hotel, but I would like stop at. at it just it's like they would just look at me like, "What do you? Why? What are you even bothering?" <laughs> right. And I was like, kind of because I promised, you know, the bride basically that I wouldn't drive all night. Mm-hmm. Jacko and I one time. Oh, one of those. Yeah, one of those was. Uh, Jacko surprised me by I don't know where he was living at the, in Europe at the time, but for some some reason he was in the states, and so. He and I are, of course, both from Ohio, but he met me at my show in Ohio. I was living in Minnesota. He met me at the show in Ohio to drive with me to the next date in New York City, which I think is where he needed to be. Wow. We stopped somewhere in in Pennsylvania. And when you were saying you were calling for like 15 minutes, that was the one that reminded me. And I think there's like, I want to say we recorded some videos. He took some pictures. Maybe I'll tweet some pictures um, from that hotel room. It was a bit odd, but... uh, yeah, anyway, yeah. The, the, it's odd. In, in retrospect, they're great memories. Oh, sure. probably even at the no, time, I mean, but it's I, physically difficult, right? That's why if I would have got that tattoo, like I would like it would have been just oh. a great story to tell, right? What but tattoo were you considering? Uh, or I'm sorry, I had well, you. One of my one of my things I believe is like if you can find an artist that's also passionate about whatever you want to get tattooed, it's going to be a better tattoo. And so oh, yes, yes, yes. So um, I, it was a pinball theme tattoo. My favorite pinball machine is um it's an elvira you know like the mistress of the night elvira of course uh it's themed she has two tables and and the second one that she has (laughs) she does (laughs) is uh called scared stiff and um, (laughs) which it is just a it is a giant innuendo for sex like one of the it has like six little um things that you have to complete on the table before you can go to the you're trying to get scared stiff by by like doing this thing. It's the stiffometer where it measures how terrified you are, and you got to get to level ten, and then you beat <laughs> you beat the stiffometer. But like one of the things, it looks like this skeleton of this big long animal, and it's a tunnel to shoot the ball through. But it's called the bony beast, and uh, <laughs> and like. Um, <sighs> Oh, what kind of what else does she say? Like, oh, that's another notch on my bedpost if you lose, you know, and like just all this like sexy stuff. And but uh, I was going to get some of the artwork from her because she looks like a pinup girl and all this stuff. But Elvira. And so there's one in particular uh, from the play field that I really like. So I was going to get that tattooed. Uh, it just didn't, it, it was be- I'm glad I didn't do it. I wouldn't have made, been able to make it home in the middle of the night. I would have had to stop again. And I did not have another two hours in me when I got here. So no, and that was just the few hours ago, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. That was that was two a.m. technically today. So, uh, and then at, by eleven, I hit the road, or eleven thirty, I hit the road to go up to Illyria, which was one hundred and fifty miles. So I, that's like three hundred plus the like thousand sixty. So I would say with the other little jaunts, like going off the beaten path a little bit just to find things or find hotels. I'd say probably around from eight o'clock Monday night to now. So three days, basically like Monday to Tuesday, no two days. <laughs> yeah. I did 1400 miles. 
So, oh yeah. no. Yeah. So uh and two pinball machines, like move two pinball yeah. machines and like <laughs> that's great. Yeah. That's going so, in the show show notes. Yeah. <laughs> uh but um, man, crazy it's crazy. And uh, in both of these machines now, like I, I was like, you know, you'll be able to flip these and now because the whole thing I look at is like bargaining power. Like if you have good tables, you have that's more trading you can do, right? And if you hold out long enough and you, you're just not persistent, but just willing to take no for an answer, it never hurts to ask. But because eventually it might pan out that somebody's like, yeah, I'll do that trade. And so the more bargaining power you have, the more like the more chances you have of trading up, like, or the better quality you could trade up into, you know? Um, yeah. But now both of these machines, they're in such great shape. I really, yeah, it gives me a ton of bargaining power, but I would really like to keep them both in my personal collection. So especially this Judge Dredd, it's just so nice. Um, I just can't, I can't believe how great a shape it's in. Even the guy selling it, he's like, he's like, I've never, I, I've been in this business my entire life. Um, and he's like, I've never seen one that like come out of a house this this nice it's just all the boards are original and untouched and yeah great stuff so that's very cool do you want me to uh you sent me those pictures i could bring them up and uh we could do a just talk about them. i could yeah. share my screen sure, or yeah. or we could tweet them out with the episode fuck it no let's, let's bring it up yeah uh so i believe i can do this i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna click you, you so that it doesn't bounce between us so if i click you it'll just stay on you no, oh, thank you. Oh. Yeah. All right. Oh, first I got to share my screen. All right. Share my entire screen. Uh, okay. So what's this one? Well, these this are the, both here's the two machines. So if you notice down in the lower left-hand corner, there's the Space Invaders that I'm working on, right? And uh, But these are the two that I picked up this week. So on the left is the Revenge from Mars. So you see, it looks almost like an arcade cabinet, right? Um. And let me switch to our actual hangout. I was on the YouTube page. Uh, so it looks like an arcade cabinet, like you would play Pac-Man in, right? How it stands mm -hmm. up like that. But inside that box is a monitor that then reflects down on the play field, on the glass of the play field. And it's got a special glass in it that captures that reflection and really makes it look like it's on the play field. It's awesome. And it's a special piece of pinball glass that are only used in this game in that star wars game that uses the same design uh and you can kind of see the martians on there it's such a cool game i will definitely get a video up for it uh once i get it up and running the way it's supposed to be i could turn it on and you can see the lights all on and everything but it just you can't start a game and you can't actually i can't turn it on because the one short that i caused uh which is totally my fault um blew a resistor so i have to that's what i have to solder i have to replace a resistor on the board uh and then to the right of that is the judge dread um which is oh yeah uh, which uh you want me to uh, here i can click on the one that shows that yeah sure uh so the only thing that i've noticed so far that's not nice on this uh, well two things i guess there is a small crack in the the gold eagle on the top is what is called a topper on the pinball machine some uh, sometimes they will put these on them and there's a crack uh, in the eagle head there, uh, which you can't see unless you're looking from the top of it. Uh, and then uh, on the 
back glass, there's a scratch in the R for dread, I think, or the D J. One of those, there's a scratch in there that you can see when you're playing it. That's the only blemishes so far that I found. Uh, the rest of it is just awesome. Now, the great thing is, is I say I got a Judge Dread table, and usually the first thing anybody does is go, I am the law. And they say it like <laughs> like um, Sylvester Stallone. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, when they when Bally made this machine, they had the rights to Judge Dread, and it was around the time that the Sylvester Stallone movie was coming out. And I don't know who made the decision, but they decided not to do the Sylvester Stallone and actually based it on the comics, like the AD 2020 comics. Uh, so it the it looks like the comic books, like the Judge Dredd comic books. It's all that artwork is all over the play field and all over the cabinet. Like, um, did, I, did I send you any side shots of the cabinet? Uh, for Judge Dredd, it's, maybe this one? Uh, definitely no, for Revenge, Revenge of Mars. Mars. Uh, yeah. The... So uh, on the, uh, let me see if I sorry. got one of those Go real quick. To... Um, on the side of the cabinet, it's like him riding his interceptor, the motorcycle. Then it looks like he's like speeding down the road. And then the front of it is like the handlebars, like where the coin door is. I just sent you that. Uh, where the oh, coin door is, it's, it's like, it looks like the front of his motorcycle, of him riding his motorcycle. Um, oh, it just went through. Oh, there it is. Uh can I do that? There we go. Yep. So, like, see, it's him riding his motorcycle, and then, oh, yeah. and then the perspective on the front is like, is would be you looking at the front of him. So, um, yeah, and that's the Judge Dread. Both of these machines just have like amazing theming to them. They look awesome, and they're fun to play. Uh, the multi ball on this, like, when you get all the balls in, in play at the same time, so many. That's what she said. I know. <laughs> uh, uh, but oh, when you sorry. get all the balls in play, there's six balls at one time on the play field. It's chaos, uh, <laughs> which is awesome. So, yeah, that's what that's literally what for the last three days, you're th those two standing side by side. That is that's the fruits of my labor over the last two days. That's spectacular. That's that's a hell of a hell of a week you've already had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and then I have to work at four a.m. like four to eleven oh. or four to ten. I think it's four to ten. Uh, That's so upsetting. It is so ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm I, I'm not planning on sleeping very much after we're done recording. We're already like we're an hour two of our oh. hour goal. <laughs> <laughs> this is why. I mean, and grant. Yeah, it's tough if we go too long without talking, which we haven't really. We didn't I mean, we... talk all last week. That's part of the reason. That's, That's also part of the reason why we kept talking during the hiatus was so that we this first episode wasn't eight <laughs> yeah. hours long. When we yeah, back. yeah. Um, and we just enjoyed dude therapy. So we uh, do indeed. Yeah, here I'm gonna move on to my second beverage. Yeah. Um. So while we were. Shortly after our last uh, episode, I took a, the bride and I took a trip to Ohio, and um, I uh, I want, why did I bring that up? Oh, because well, there's there's one thing that both of our hiatuses involved, uh, also with Ohio, uh, but there's one that's perhaps unique to me. So, um, I spent some time with my five year old niece. I have two nieces. Yeah. One my my sister's daughter is 
I who I don't get to see very much uh, at all. I think maybe I've only really spent physical time with like once, but uh, and she's only one, so not great average, but also not it could be worse. But right. she's just a ball of like joy and happiness and of, of light. Now my five year old niece, with whom I've known for five years. And I see maybe once or twice a year. Is this from the bride side of the family? This is from the bride side of the family. It's, I mean, it's technically her, her stepsister, I guess. But yeah. you would think that that this, with the way that this niece is, that she's directly related to this woman because the, they're very similar in some ways. So, so we're we take into call. I mean, obviously, we don't want to say too much about her um, as a five-year-old or whatever. <laughs> uh, but we, we've been referring to her as our, our feral niece. And uh, yes, we were we were uh, visiting her and her parents over the fourth of July, and um, I captured. So she and I have a <laughs> it's a very lively but like sort of contentious relationship. And yeah. I've always I've long said that like children are the only worthy adversaries, and um, she and I. <laughs> have a play like a playful but the the dynamic of the playful relationship is like she loves to quote unquote throw me in jail um there was one time man oh it was like the year i made this like dance video of her set to taylor swift's song because she was always dancing and she was so adorable and precocious and it was the same year that like we i gave her her parents or whatever this for christmas uh she just wasn't like I don't know. Like some, some days she likes me and some days she doesn't. And that's kind of true. Probably of everyone's her general personality. Yeah. But she looked at me with these like black eyes and she goes, you're a weirdo and I don't like you. Wow. <laughs> yeah. She meant it. I still don't like to talk about it, but, Oh <laughs> man. But generally, and so that happens sometimes, but, but always our relationship is a little bit hot and cold. And more often than not, it's like, she is, fond of me and but it's like real kid stuff like certain type of kid stuff like where you're showing attention but it's this kind of negative attention so we're i don't know we were having a lot of fun in that regard (laughs) but uh for a couple well it was like an evening and an afternoon and then uh in the in the afternoon probably about midway through uh hopefully i have this text still up good yeah so i ask her uh how was your day and and without irony or whatever she goes my day was great. I got to punch someone in the throat. I got to pull off his beard and then uh, take his hat just like that. And I'm doing it right now. And it was my weirdo Uncle David. <laughs> uh, that was just kind of a sampling of how that was. Oh, but then just a couple days ago. It's like I a mini a shit the bride says. It is. I would yeah. love to have uh, a running yeah. ticker tape of the shit. Shit your niece says. Yeah, because it's, it's so insane. But I have uh, a little video that she she got a hold of somebody's phone the other day, like a couple days ago, and so I'm going to play this very short video of her into. The, so I, you probably you'll be able to hear it. Obviously, yeah. I don't want you to see yeah, too don't, much. No, don't show. But it, it gives you a great. Kid, but let's hear it. Yeah, I don't think you'll be able to see. Don't, from my I can see that. Don't point. Don't point it at the screen. Oh, here I'll I'll do yeah. that. I'll pointing at the microphone. Yeah. Okay. glaring at the camera and just like making hissing sounds <laughs> that's all but she like, is that's feral. a lot of what, that's, that's, a lot, yeah, that's a lot of what she was doing to me at the time um but the last 
thing she did there so she could see herself so it's extra fun but the last thing she did is literally <laughs> the kill <laughs> the kill like draw your finger across your neck oh, oh shit and within moments too of that other quote that i gave um i think we were poolside i'm not summer doesn't agree with me but i was trying to be a good sport and like swim <laughs> or going oh, to pool I, take I my shirt swimming, off yeah. and shit um and so I was sitting there drying off and stuff while she was, and she was like sitting on my lap and, and pulling my beard off and stuff. But, uh, she had these like clothespins for some reason. And, uh, and then she was just like sticking them on my face in various places. Yeah. But she'll just like kind of look at you, like go black in the eyes for a second, or it's either black in the eyes or like a kind of like her eyes light up when she gets this idea. And she's like, she'd be playing around and then she'd be like, I'm gonna break your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> and try to i'm like oh and i close my fist <laughs> and it, she's wow. doing this with the close fins and then she goes like oh. she got so excited and that one's like oh i'm gonna put them on your nipples i'm like no what? don't do that i even said i was even thinking like why does she have the she's like i don't even know why she has those those close pins and i'm like probably because she was gonna put them on your nipples oh and i'm like why would you think that that's so fucking weird this is a child and then all of a sudden you come out of nowhere with it. She's like, yes. I'm going to put them on your nipples because that's how a feral child would act. That's how. <laughs> that's exactly. Like, yeah, Holy you had it dialed shit. in. Yeah. It's funny because uh, a few episodes back, my Dave's Diggs was the show uh, Killing Eve. And the, the, the psychopath killer on the show that Eve is the detective is hunting down is so fun to watch because she's like, she's sort of evil and, you know, without, uh, feelings and morals or anything but she's hilarious <laughs> and and i i mean she's only five and hopefully she'll grow out of this but my niece is a little similar <laughs> listen all kids are sociopaths like right, it's yeah. it's the responsibility of, of of society to bring them out of that like <laughs> like <laughs> all kids are sociopaths like That's they're right. so detached from everyone else because it's all like their world is so small that's why they have no experience. Uh, so their yeah. world is only their world. And it, I mean, it's really easy for them to be a sociopath. Like, oh, I like that. That children are the only like worthy adversary. That is oh, yeah. accurate. Like, yeah, it's very. I mean, and I mean that in the most fun way, but sometimes yeah. like they're real assholes. But that might, but very rarely. Usually that's a very like fun thing. And it is with my niece. Yeah. And in that moment too, though, so within seconds of that like i'm gonna put these on your nipples she started calling well she only did it once but once was enough because it was hilarious she's like whatever nipple boy (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious oh Oh, yeah i wanted to tell you about that and throwing that and the other piece of business from my ohio trip was that i saw captain kid kate you did in years oh my gosh how's she doing she's great and she so she lives where she lived uh when we first met her like in 20 years ago Uh, that's where they're living yeah so oh she's got two kids yeah her and her i don't know that they're actually married but you know her partner thank you yeah Yeah. um i was gonna say his name but i'm trying to be good about that but anyway she uh i think it's fine yeah she has her to come on the show I did kind of mention it. Um, she has like because she we, she and I were corresponding. We would have to emails. give her the technology to do it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
there's her her cell phone is a flip phone we, yeah we, uh, this is the most anti-technology like she does not depend on technology that's no probably the no. best way to say it we yeah. you know what we could do though is if we did line that up is we could we might if moto would be willing we could probably oh, send him yes. down there to record that call. episode. yeah uh yeah. in that area so if he'd be yeah. willing that would be that would be one way that we could do it without there's no way over telephone we would be able to explain to her how to get set up to record <laughs> yeah, like there's somebody yeah. to be in the room with her for and she notoriously time. like despises cameras and stuff in fact yeah, i've been yeah. uh uh, uh oh, I'll probably talk about it later, but I've seen like footage of her from 20 years ago just repeatedly because it was, she, yeah, she repeatedly saying, like, I hate cameras more than anything in the world, anyway. Well, but that's her picture I, in the book, is this, yes, you know, like yes. that's you know, <laughs> yeah. that's one of my favorite pictures of her, and she's yeah. flipping off the camera because <laughs> somebody's right. taking her picture, yeah. Oh, man. oh it's it, so great. We have come close to, I've been up there a couple times, like, she moved back right around when all the shit was going down with my dad. and it just never panned out that for us to like get together. You know, when I go up there, it's usually I'm usually counting the moments on when I can get home because I'm kind of a homebody and yeah, I don't yeah. really like being up there all the time. And uh, so our trips are really quick. And uh, oh, Moto says word for grandma. Yeah, he, he I think he knows right where where she lives. That's awesome. And, and actually, um, uh, Kate knew that and and had some funny stories about Moto's comment, but uh, but no, I I relate. Like I think she reached out because of uh, probably because of the mention of this podcast in my music newsletter like a couple years ago. But I hadn't been able to make it happen either. And I think last yeah. summer I didn't even make it to Ohio. And um, yeah, when we go there, like I I don't remember what it is. It's an absurd amount of houses, like between the bride's extent, like because the bride has a mixed family in terms of like her parents are not still together yeah. so there's like so many houses and well and that's hard too because hard you to two are happen. right i mean you and the bride are kind of from the same area where ash and i ash is from pennsylvania and i'm from ritman so it's like when we go to visit one of our families we only have to deal with just that person's family right yeah yeah <laughs> i could not imagine trying to do all of ash's family stuff and all of my family stuff in one visit like that like it, where they're yeah. just towns apart <laughs> from each other and that expectation is that because the expectation is already ridiculous of how we have to spend time with them and then and not that that's a bad thing i want to spend time with my family when i go up there but it's like it really is hard for me to justify not spending time with my family to go visit all these, like all these friends, you know? Yeah. And that's, I mean, while no, no part of the family really gets all that much time when it's that, spread yeah. that thin for us. And then the friend thing, we definitely like, that's pretty sporadic and it's probably gone down more and more over the years as people have more kids. And yeah. Stuff like that. It's just tough. Like that. And, and that's the other part of it too, is like, you know, our friends all have kids, so it's even harder. You know, there's been plenty of times where I've been like, yeah, I'm going to be at my sister's if you guys want to come out. And it's like, well, we got to bring the, the the kids or we have to find a sitter. Yeah. And, and I totally get that, too. And it's just it's tough. It's just tough. But I would love to get uh, Cabin Kid Kate on. Yeah. For, uh, but yeah. We, but we got to make it happen at least to see each other, which was great, because I don't think that had happened since. 
before the bride. So like pro- probably like um, seven years or something like that. Wow. Um, and uh, I never met. I had met one of her kids. So, like she showed up one time at one of the musica shows, but those yeah. are like, you know that's a club, and I sort of saw her from across the. And she was probably so, wearing it in a baby Bjorn. Yeah, she was wearing yeah. yeah her first kid, and uh, and I definitely so that was that was pretty cool. Um, and actually, funnily enough, the kids were both gone with grandma. At <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, that's time. awesome. But what's wild is so I, I don't I think this is okay to say, but because it you should you have to that, connect though, to me because that's a private club, and oh, people can trace back to that, right? Shit. Okay. Yeah, that's I didn't think of that. That's why I was wondering about this, but this is probably well, you can advise me on this. But she basically, Kate lives. There's one house separating her and her parents. Oh wow! Isn't that wild? So yeah. if you picture like I don't know how oh, when you said where she lives when she grew up, I thought she was back over the place. Like they were, yeah, I knew of that, but I didn't meet them there. I met them at their like farmhouse. They yeah. have like well, basically. That's what I thought you meant when, when you said she lives where she lives <laughs> when we first met her. I thought you oh, meant yeah, that no. her and her family were staying in that loft that she had lived in when we like during the cabin days. Um, yeah no she did they had an apartment downtown and i thought the way that she described it that it could have well been in like right across the street from that or something i'm not sure wow but but now and for the last so many months they live in this farmhouse and have i was trying to think of the animals earlier and i can't really like um i mean definitely chickens like her parents have chickens yeah and for i want chickens so bad i feel like there's sheep there were so many things and then there was like this woods and and uh that's awesome she, i think she's home well yeah she's homeschooling the kids anyway it was amazing to see her um and to kind of just like put her in a place in my in my mind and and to to see her kids for for a minute and uh you know see her mom and her partner uh that was very cool um yeah i'd hope to take a picture or if, uh, somehow that didn't happen <laughs> i guess that's probably appropriate yeah <laughs> um you want to do? Do you want to do shit? The bride says since you, since we were kind of talking about shit. The niece says, "Oh yeah," and it, but then I want to pivot to. The, I know you saw. I, yeah, I, and I, I want I, to hear I some cabin kids too, and we'll we'll pivot back to that. Yeah. One. All right, so we'll do. Uh, I'll post shit. The bride says up on my phone. These are actually kind of trip related uh, as well. So this is uh, June seventeenth, twenty eighteen. Watching naked and afraid. She says, "I wish they made uncensored DVDs of this, so I could see everybody's." business that's that so, guilty oh sorry that, that's so true i mean you want it it's called naked and afraid you should get to see them naked such a bizarre guilty pre- pleasure of ours and uh yeah it was a, it was one of those they have these naked and afraid xls i don't know why they call them xls other than they gather a bunch of people who've been on the show before usually it's like 20 days in some remote location you know naked and without resources um, and you have to survive and you're on TV. But then uh, for this, it, they gather a bunch of people who've been on the show before and it's 40 days. And so it's a like, it's kind of like r- the real world, <laughs> but like in the African bush or something. And yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bush uh, pun, pun always intended, but for some reason, like we just like, we're eating it up. <laughs> and so, uh, but that came from that. So I almost made that like a Dave's digs naked afraid. We were so into it there for a minute, <laughs> but not today. It's so awesome. The bride mostly just went and see people's junk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the, this one, we were on the road uh, a few, uh, like the next week uh, on June 29th. 
and we were trying to use the Waze app, which we'd never tried before. Oh, that's and my to, favorite. To get to oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And to get to Ohio, we go through. You got to go through Chicago, and ever since we got, to, I mean, the bride grew up twenty minutes from us. You know, she grew up in Medina. And four, she was four years older than than me and, and you. And yeah. uh, you know, we met through weird circumstances like many years later but we're from the very similar area she so happened to have moved to are you 38 this year or 39 i turned 39 as she's fond of saying it i've entered my 40th year but uh of course we live now oh sorry you look like you wanted to say something no i'm just like that's so mean (laughs) (laughs) no she did the same thing when she was uh well no I don't know if she did it to herself, but she does it to everyone else. <laughs> oh, that's so awful. Or just rounding up, you know, for I think she's been calling her mom uh one to two years older just to round up to the <laughs> for like a while now. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she lived here in Minnesota in the same town we did just after college and then stayed in Minnesota living in various places. Uh, for the better I mean, by the time we met in Cleveland at that U two show and 2005 i think she'd probably lived in uh in minnesota for like 12 years or something like that but uh yeah but we grew up so so close but anyway she's done this drive back to that area a billion times right and uh she she's always had this thing when we met it together that she will drive through chicago she's she maintains that's how we stay together as a couple because generally i drive but if i were to drive and she's she will admit i think that she's a backseat driver (laughs) Yeah. the highest order and uh i honestly if she would just tell me where to go i wouldn't care but she always <laughs> just has thought like i need to drive through chicago so that yeah. shit doesn't fall apart between us oh man chicago is terrible yeah yeah no it, it, i i i'm aware of that a little bit from traveling uh playing shows in chicago and stuff but anyway she um she's she tried using the ways app to see if that would help maybe in that uh, it did not because at 11 <laughs> it did uh, not no because on june 20 20- drink it did not <laughs> it did not she goes <laughs> so i don't know if you know the i didn't i'm not familiar with the ways app but the the icon for it is like a ghost ish yeah looking yep. thing I, yeah. it's right on my phone i used it i actually had my car gps running to give because i like the way it gives directions better and then i had ways running on my phone because it tells you where cops are so that's oh, why. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. why I like Waze is because it's a community-based yeah. GPS, so you can like tag things on the map that will warn other drivers about them. It, which is, to me, that is completely makes it better than any other GPS that you could use because it like it warns you if they're like usually, and it's pretty accurate, and and you're able to vote like so it'll say like point two miles. There's a cop. And if the cops there, you hit the thumbs up. And if the cops not there, you hit the thumbs down, and it takes it off the map. And it's like, oh, nice, nice. Well, I mean, I definitely have. I'm not writing off ways based on her interaction. All right, (laughs) but uh, so even longer walk, the short drink. Yeah, (laughs) she pops off with uh, fucking weird piece of useless ghost shit. In Good Chicago shit. traffic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what's funny is, what, like, my I had never driven, you know, Twinkie was taking cross-country road trips, I like, all the time 
when we were like cabin kids, right? Like, he yeah, was, he, I remember he went to Red Rocks to see Willie Nelson in like yeah. 1999, I think. And in <laughs> Chicago traffic came up on him traveling really? through Chicago, <laughs> and he's like, "The trick is, well, I'm going to try to do it with Twinkie voice. Hang on. Oh, and the trick, and the uh, I can't, I can't get. That's not enough. bad. No, see that through. Like, <laughs> that's pretty good though. Like, I mean, it's worth doing. Yeah. And the trick is. You just gotta drive like a local, like, and it's like, <laughs> and it was like, I'm, I'm like, I didn't even know what that meant until, and then you get into Chicago and you're like, because these fuckers <laughs> drive like maniacs, like, <laughs> and you just have to drive like a maniac, twelve lanes in one direction, and everybody's doing 114 miles an hour, just like, <laughs> uh, it's terrifying. The thing kills me about Chicago, and and since I got like an easy pass years ago, it's not is like the change tolls. Oh like yeah, you drive by and gotta throw ch- just the right amount of change in. Yeah, oh, and if you fuck it up, like you're holding the line up, everybody gets pissed. Like yeah, yeah, no, no, oh. fuck that. Like I, yeah. I, we went on our when we went on our road trip to go visit you, going and coming. I intentionally routed us around Chicago so we didn't drive. Oh, good. Like, yeah, nice it added <laughs> it added like two hours on each trip. It added two hours. Best two hours. I mean, I, we would have spent that two hours either getting lost or stuck in traffic. That's that- very possible. We had the worst time through Chicago in ages this time. I'm not sure how much time because the bride is an obsessive like the bride one bride has the need for speed, man. Yeah, <laughs> like she she always and yeah. and and she doesn't and turn on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She doesn't turn on the uh, uh, usually any kind of navigational system until we get past Chicago. Yeah, she doesn't want to see the minutes lost. She'll lose her mind. Oh yeah, like oh man, <laughs> but it was a lot this time. Well, in that in in ways is re- like it has how many miles are left, how many minutes you have left in your trip, and the time you're arriving. And when you're stuck in traffic, you just see all the, like you see the miles you have left not changing at all, but the time. Ugh just like constantly ticking up on what your ETA is. And it's, that is infuriating. Like I like ways though. So like if you do, you have to do it in um, portrait mode and not landscape mode. But if it, if you hmm. keep your phone in portrait mode, when you get stuck in traffic, this is another great thing. It knows when you slow down and it'll put an arrow on there. That'll show you how long you're going to be stuck in traffic based on users that are making it through. And it, you have, oh. it's like a little progress bar. So you're like, oh, I'm halfway through this like bumper to bumper traffic. Oh, I'm yeah. almost through it. And then, and it's pretty, again, most uh, double D would really talk ways up too. He, Cause he's the one who turned me onto it, but like it, it's pretty accurate. Like, it, like, and it'll say you have, you have nine minutes left in bumper to bumper traffic. Like it'll say nine minutes and that little arrow is just creeping up. And usually you'll get out of it right when it says you're going to get out of it and you open right back up and everything's fine. It like give it a don't. I think your first attempt trying to use it in Chicago traffic that I could see how that could spoil the 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 experience. Uh, give it a try just on your normal commute, like where, you know, if it's doing something stupid, you're not going to get lost. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you should just you get to the point where you don't want to drive without it for the cops, just for the cops. Cause then you can like, seriously, like it, it'll warn you way before the cop even shows up. You can see it on the map. There's a little cop icon and you're like, all right, there's a cop coming up. And so I'll, nice. I'll drop down my cruise control, 
You get past the copy, you kick it back up. It, it's a great. You really turned me around on this. Yeah, I, I I actually hadn't given it much thought at all because I I generally go to the same places. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm interested now. <laughs> totally, <Thank you. laughs> totally worth it. Uh, it. It's a great, in my opinion, it's a great app. Like f- for a ghost piece of shit, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I think she had that. Go- <laughs> yeah, I think she had her own ideas. You know, she's got a few different strategies where maybe she'll go around downtown or whatever. But I think we had in my newer vehicle. It's like one of those things. I don't know if you've encountered this where you can plug in. You got your USB thing in your phone, and then it kind of comes up on this display. Yeah, and you can use the built-in navigation thing on your phone, and that feeds. Oh, nice! It's 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 convenient because you can like touch, you can touch this screen kind of where the CD might have used to have been, and uh, yeah, that's that's handy. But I think like that was going. And Waze was going also. It's so like Siri was talking to us and Waze. Uh, and she had her own ideas and there's traffic. Yeah. I'm sure well, I was being irritating. Yeah. And you have to, I mean, the other thing with Waze is sometimes I would be like, why is it having me do that? That's so stupid. And then, and I would ignore it. Like, like that's what she was saying. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. And, and so I would ignore it. And then like five minutes later, I'd be stopped in traffic. And so I got, so then I was like, well, I'm just not going to, if it does something silly like that, I'm just going to do what it says. And I stopped getting stopped in traffic. Like when I was commuting to Columbus every day, that's where I was just like, I'm just going to listen to it because I was getting stuck in traffic regularly where I'd be like, that's fucking stupid. I'm just going to do what I'm, what I know what to do. And then I'd get stuck in traffic because again, it's always monitoring other users. So like if I, like today, I was using it to go to Illyria, and there was a flagger because it was down to one lane, and so I was waiting on wow. the flagger because it was like a mile, a half a mile long stretch of one lane, right? So it was really long to let the traffic, they'd let it pile up on one side before they'd let it through. Mm-hmm. Well, the front of the pack that I had to wait for this whole half mile, just watching it take its time, was an Amish buggy and horse just like like all the like the whole and i'm just like are you kidding me and it's just like and i'm just (laughs) it's awesome uh but so i'm sitting there waiting on this amish buggy to get done and it says like we are detecting a slowdown are you stuck in traffic and all it has is like a, a a check mark and a thumbs down and if you hit the check mark what that does is it warns anybody else that might be on this path like hey this user's stuck in traffic. Let's start like, and then if you're one of those users that are down the road, you get a window that pops up. We are detecting a slowdown up ahead, recalculating your route. And then it'll route you around that slowdown all automatic. If you just let it do its thing. Um, that being said though, it's still just a stupid piece of technology. So if it tells you to turn into a lake, like don't turn into the lake. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so <laughs> michael scott i yeah. like that yeah uh so this almost relates at least in terms of the water part and this this ties into uh yeah i'm done playing why... no i you've turned me around you gotta <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna load it on my phone tomorrow yeah <laughs> but so the this this shows how it's it's hard to believe in some ways that well if they're not obviously they're not biologically related but the bride's influence is felt <laughs> on the feral niece. And you can tell because 24 hours prior to the 
feral niece quote I gave you. This happened. Yeah. Um, because we're talking about so everything I related before with her was poolside, uh, at her parents' house. And uh, anyway, so she says uh, on on uh, July third, twenty eighteen, at uh, twelve forty six p.m. She says, "If I get in the pool, I'm gonna make it count." Probably do some handstands, show off, do some somersaults, punch a kid square in the face, pretend it was an accident. <laughs> oh, that's so great. She did uh, all of that except for punch a kid in the face. Then the kid was punching me in the throat. But Yeah. <laughs> so in a perfect world, she could have punched her in the face after she punched me in the throat, but you can't hit five-year-olds. So You can't. <laughs> it, it really – you know, that reminds me of, of this – I watched In Bruges on our oh, hiatus yes! that we had oh, mentioned it a couple times. I haven't seen that for years, but I loved it. it like, <laughs> I tell you what, for a, a country that's notorious for its dry humor, which, I mean, all Brit- like they might have dry humor, but they have no problems going dark. That mo- For a comedy, <laughs> yeah. that movie is fucked up. Like, fuck. I don't even remember the depths. I mostly remember uh, Colin. Which Colin is that? Colin Farrell. Farrell. Right. Farrell. <laughs> That's funny. And then it's uh, the dad from Twenty Eight Days Later. Uh, oh, Brendan Gleeson. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then who plays uh, who, who plays the detective in Mr. Mercedes? Actually, That's right. Yeah. Shout out to Moto. Shout out to Moto. And then uh, and then Ray Fiennes is the third guy, like their boss, basically. Uh-huh. Yes, yes, and the the pretty girl is uh, she's someone from Harry Potter, like the oh, the, that's um Fleur de la Cour. Yes, thank you. Uh, and Ray Fiennes was in the new the Harry Potter and uh, oh, I'm sorry, not uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and then oh, Ray Fiennes is the like fu- wait is, is that Ray that's not Voldemort. Is Voldemort that's the Okay. All this entire cast is, is, is was in Harry Potter because then the other guy was Mad Eye Moody. Yeah, oh, fuck, and uh, Colin Farrell is in Beasts of the That's Southern Wild. That's what I just Wild. said. Or, 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 oh, no, sorry, no, yeah. Beasts of the Southern, Southern Wild. Wild. <laughs> Another great movie. Uh, no, he's. Oh, in, uh, I do like that. Movie. Yeah, that movie's great. I want to see the Florida Project because it reminds me a lot of Florida Project. I did see and I loved. Yeah. Okay. Did we talk about that. We, did we don't have to. But yeah, it's yeah, like it gets serious, my, but it's also fun. Playing with my headphones cord anyways i watched in bruges what were you talking what was the last ship the bride says uh it was like punching a kid in the face (laughs) is that part of it yeah because in that movie they're at dinner right and he's at dinner with fleur de la cour and she's smoking yeah he's like blowing smoke into the table like next to them and she gets up and the guy who's sitting at that table was just like fucking whatever like just like says some passive aggressive shit under his breath and Colin Farrell or yeah Colin Farrell is a hitman and so is yes. Gleason is a hitman who and this is where the movie goes dark like Colin Farrell acts on one of their hits accidentally kills a kid and so he wow. get they get sent to Bruges by their boss to like lay low for a couple weeks while that all dies down in reality the boss sees it as sending Colin, you know, spoiler alert for a 20 year old movie or however old this movie is. <laughs> yeah. uh, he sends him on this 
what he thinks is a vacation, like a last vacation, something nice. Cause he had been to Bruges once and he thought it was like a fucking fairy tale, the fucking bridges and the fucking canals and the fucking towers. How could you not love Bruges? <laughs> is that Donald Gleason? No, that's or Brendan Gleason. Uh, no, that's um, uh, Ray Fiennes plays it oh, really okay, like okay. a super cockney mobster basically like you would like again just like he's just such a great actor i didn't know that was ray fines until they showed him because the first time you hear him he's just over the phone oh yeah yeah i haven't and, seen that forever yeah i saw it kind it's of on, on mute on one of those channels it's recently. on netflix uh highly recommend it but yeah absolutely he thinks that he's sending him on this like it's like his last meal but it's an experience because he wants gleason to kill him and they've been partners the whole time, basically. So he wants oh, him yes. to kill his own partner yes. and for killing this kid. Like, he killed a fucking kid. You know, if I killed a fucking kid, I'd blow my brains out right on the spot because I have principle. You know, that's what he says. <laughs> nice. And uh, but they're at this dinner. She's blowing smoke. She gets up to go to the bathroom. The guy says the passive aggressive comment. And Colin Farrell, who's a hitman who has gives zero fucks, is like confronts him gets in a fight with a guy punches him out and the wife at the last second he dodges the wife swings a wine bottle at his head and he without thinking like punches the wife of this guy <laughs> again like they go dark they they have no problems going dark they show the kid with the bullet wound in his head he punches a woman gleason to try to warn colin farrell jumps off of the bell tower and they show his like mangled body and he like tries to warn him and talk oh it's terrible anyways punches that woman and knocks her out and the floor de la, just as floor delacour is getting back from the bathroom and she's just disgusted because all she saw was him punch a woman <laughs> and his defense is he's like i would and, and he's in his like colin farrell irish accent which i'm not even going to attempt but he's like, I would never hit a woman unless they're fucking coming at me with a wine bottle. And then I would, then it's on. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, man. You sold ways and you sold that movie to me. Like, yeah. I, I haven't seen it in years. I got to watch it. It, it was so good. Like, it was so entertaining. Just like, oh, it was a great movie. I like, because I've seen, I've seen the scene where he's like interacting with the um, American tourists and they're all just, they're all my size or bigger. And he, they're talking about the bell tower, how it's like the must see the, the, the guy's like, it says it's must see if you're, if you're going to visit Bruges, he's like, yeah, but no offense, but you're, you're as big as a fucking elephant. This all stairs <laughs> the whole way up. And like, then the guy gets pissed and wants to fight him. And all he does is just like run in circles around the guy and the guy can't catch him. And one point he just like, <laughs> so i had seen that scene and uh because like they're the daughter is like you're not a nice person she says that to colin farrell and then as they're walking by gleason sees them going towards it he's like hey it's all stairs just so you, like he's trying to warn them <laughs> and the daughter turns around she's like go fuck yourself like and he looks at Colin Farrell. He's like, "What was that all about?" Like, I don't know. Like, 
<laughs> oh man it, it just is this little quirky dark comedy that man is just like everybody brings their a game it was i was so impressed with it for this like offbeat dark british comedy like uh, <laughs> man it was good so yeah yeah i gotta see that again that's yeah. awesome <laughs> yeah thank you for that uh so the last shit the bride says um this was on uh, July 5th, um, the day before a 12-hour road trip that she and I were going to take back to Minnesota together. She were you says, getting a pinball machine? No, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, though, she does. Um, so this weekend, we're going up to meet some of her extended family at a... Everyone... We'll talk about the cabin a little bit. We talk about the cabin a lot in this show. But for us, that was a very... like People didn't talk about cabins all the time. But in Minnesota... Oh yeah, there. Everybody talks about cabins all the time. And it's they're, land of a thousand lakes, and they're probably yes. like lakefront cabins, right? Like you, yeah, you get I mean, a cabin like, on the lake, right? Yeah, it's endless. And so, like, there, especially when I first moved here, I'd see these like bumper stickers that say, "I'd rather be at the cabin." I was always trying to take pictures of them uh, on the road, sending you guys. Yeah. <laughs> but the cabin means something different here. Yeah. It's like uh, a, if you're boat people or camper people yeah. or whatever, right? Like. Yeah, so many people like either own or rent cabins and uh peop um her side of the family like it used to be her her dad and like going all the way back to like her grandparents and stuff. I I'm, I'm going to get the year wrong. Like 60 some years of of going to the same place and like kind of these not standing reservations but they kind of make sure to get them and all this. And uh so at this point she and I basically go up for a night or two. And 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 I I realized talking to you today that I think when we recorded one of our first episodes, maybe it was our second or first, it was like two years ago when she was there and I was, I was here. We're about to go up there. And one of her favorite things to do there is play this pinball game. That's in like a common area. And, oh. and last year it was broken and she was pissed. And so, what, you know, one of she's watching, ask her what game it is. Oh, I don't think she's watching anymore, <laughs> uh, but I I will text her. Uh, and I'd love her. to know but, what game it is. Cause, uh, but yeah, she, she, she was, um, well, her cousin who comes up on the show sometimes is, is there already. And so she did text him earlier in the week. She's like, is that fucking game fixed? Cause if it's not, I'm not coming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so what's the name? Uh, you know, on, honestly, like pinball's kind of having a resurgence too, but depending on the game, some of them can get really pricey, but, for a reasonable amount of money, there's probably some available that you could. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, I guess it, it is fixed uh, now, awesome. and and you don't have to pay or anything because it's oh, like yeah. some common area. So you just yeah. kind of. Um, so I did just text her. We'll see if she's she might still be up and stuff, um, but she's not. She's not here tonight. So yeah. Well, if I'm you find sure out the name, yeah. That might be like you can beep this out if she's not listening, but that would be like an awesome surprise present for her, like on some like major anniversary. Oh, yes, you know what I yes. mean? Like all of a sudden you just like unveil this pinball machine. That's a good. It's always been like, <laughs> and I could totally facilitate. You know, if only you knew that somebody that's in the pinball business that could help you out with yes. that. What is the uh, what is the pinball anniversary? <laughs> I don't know any of them. This Maybe. this. Uh, 
this year is the six for us, which is iron. So I gotta iron f- come up with something. So well, if there's a steel month. one, the balls usually they're balls of steel. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's hilarious in a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so anyway, to wrap, to be successful in this business, <laughs> brass balls. What's that from? Uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. It's Alec oh! Baldwin's only scene that, that he won a supporting actor oscar for and he gives one monologue that was uh john beeped this out closers yeah right yeah oh yeah always so be closing that. abc always be closing yeah you know what the number Johnny one B. salesman gets <laughs> a cadillac deville you know what the number two salesman gets a set of steak knives yes always yes. be closing coffees for closers Nicely done, yeah. sir. Yeah. Do you remember that at WCTV? That was on a Palmer's picks. I don't remember whose it was. John Bernard's. That like oh, that, like was he, it really? He or brought we... clips. He didn't want to narrow it down to just three movies, so he brought clips, and that was the longest clip he brought. And it was Alec Baldwin's monologue from Glenn Gary Glenn Ross, and that's the only oh. scene that man is in. It's five minutes long, and he won an Oscar for it. Like it is incredible. It yeah, is, it, this awesome delivery, and it's basically just like you guys are all shit. And if you're <laughs> like you want to go home to your wife, go home to your fucking wife and kids, because you know what? I'm gonna make a million dollars because I'm gonna close. That's yeah. The gist oh. of the speech. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, what's hilarious too is I I remember. Um, I guess we were just fast forwarding through the movie trying to get to the part and we saw like an Al Pacino scene and I'm like imitating Al Pacino as I'm watching him. Some character in the, in the show is called John. And so I'm, we're watching it. We're laughing about because every line in that movie is so great. And I'm just like, I'm repeating. Fuck you, John. (laughs) (laughs) And immediately the other John comes into the room from WCTV. who's my boss. And he goes, Hey, 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 (laughs) I was like, like, how do I explain no, that you I'm can't. not talking about you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I totally stepped on with the Alec Baldwin stuff. The last shit your bride says. You were almost there. Oh. And I kiboshed yes. it. Yeah. The, no, like, this, and this is the last one. She, uh, and actually, she did respond about the pinball. So I'll tell you right okay. after. But yeah. so this is uh, before a 12 hour road trip. When we come back from our Ohio trip, this will close both shit the bride says and the Ohio trip from me. Um, and then hopefully we'll hear about, uh, your cabin kid adventures. Um, she says July 5th, uh, 2018 at one Oh six PM day before our 12 hour road trip. I'm about to have some ice cream, which means I'll turn into quote surf farts a lot. And then I, I say, and there's a cream based pasta tonight. And she goes, yep, I'm gonna shit the car tomorrow. (laughs) There you go. Not just your pants. You're gonna shit the car. That's yeah. I mean that's accurate right there. Um, I don't think it happened, but it could have. That's, that's <laughs> she's hilarious. lactose intolerant. Oh, so. <laughs> I think you just hit an age where you. I think everybody is lactose intolerant. You just hit an age where you're like, yeah, if I eat that, I'm gonna shit myself. <laughs> when you're like in your twenties, I mean. I just think back to my 20s. I was like, man, I just had like I was just shitting all the time because I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> I just ate anything, you know. Like, now I'm just like, yep, I'm gonna have six beers. Looks like I'm shitting myself tomorrow. Like, 
you know, like you don't real like you don't associate all the garbage you're putting in your body and all the garbage your body's trying to get rid of, like in your twenties, yeah. in your thirties, it's like everything. You're just like, oh man, if I eat this one thing, nobody's gonna be around me for the next two days, and and you know that's gonna happen. In your twenties, you're just like, ah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> This just this is what happens. I don't care, you know. Uh, this is who I am. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so man. she responded about the pimple. She said, yeah. "I believe it's the cyclone, and it is amazing." She says, "Oh, is that ring a bell?" Is a good game, actually. Oh, you know that. Yeah. Um, cyclone is a roller coaster theme game. Uh, let me let oh, me just oh, let, let, let's just let's just take a look. I bet you could get. You could find one of those for like twelve hundred dollars. I'll ask her. But in the grand thing? scheme of in the grand scheme of pinballs, it's not that expensive. I think if it's the one I'm thinking of, bring it up here. Cyclone. Well, that one is a little pricey. <laughs> yeah. No, it is totally. It is a like carn. Oh. It's an amusement park theme. That's yeah. What, yeah. She just said it's like a fair. I'll send you a picture when we're there. No, uh, I mean, here. Sometime this weekend. I'll, oh, send you you, already. I'll send you a picture right now. <laughs> nice. Oh, my God. I think my dog just shit the room. <laughs> Maggie. <laughs> it could literally be my road stink making it through the microphone. <laughs> I, I, I'm sitting here and I'm just like thinking like, I'm so glad that smell of vision and smell of podcast never got invented because we would have zero viewers right now. <laughs> I, I am just fucking foul. Like, I bet my wife cannot wait to curl up next to me. <laughs> I'll shower before that happens. Don't worry. <laughs> and see no cockroaches. And none whatsoever. Um, yeah, if you click that second link, don't share it because uh, that's got users and stuff on it. But if you click the second link I sent, um, that one that's for sale is 3000 So, yeah, that's probably a little out of bounds for a present. But... There's there there it goes. Oh, yeah. So I I asked her if if that's it. She'll. I don't know if she'll. This she'll is like near mint. That's why it's so expensive. Let me let me check eBay. I, 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 that price really seems inflated to me. Hmm. Actually, she said that is it. She's sending me a picture of her cousin playing it earlier today. Yep. Wow. That's it. I know my stuff. Yes, you do. Um, no machines so far on eBay. Oh man, but I like. Oh that wow, yeah. Uh, lots of parts. Oh, it's a video. She sent me a video. Oh, nice. Cool. That is that's it. Boy, I played it a few times, but I did not recognize it. Yeah. Huh. No, the unique thing about that is the play field is like a bird's eye view of the carnival. So it looks like all these people. It's it looks like you're hovering over a map basically of this amusement park with people walking around on it. So yeah. it's kind of like a where's Waldo. If you look at the play field long enough, you see all kinds of funny shit that's going on on the play field. Uh, no machines. I'll keep an eye out. So um, I'm going to make a note for myself. I will add that to my wish list on pin side. 
um, I get a weekly update for any ads that have come out since the last one on any machines that are on my wish list. Um, so I'll add that to my wish list. And if I see one that comes across that I seem like it seems like is a good deal, I'll let you know. Nice. I get so much shit for like the shit I'm getting. Like I'm ordering CDs and stuff. And oh, she's yeah. like, she's like, in, it's like, when, when is there going to not be room for me and the dogs? I'm like, Hey bro, it's a CD. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So a pinball machine might send her over the edge, but we'll just, well, so, so, so if I don't react, <laughs> like get it now, it's because of that kind of fear. Oh, we're no, starting yeah. to think about like, but that would new... be for her though. That, that's how you bill it. It's okay. If you, if it's a <laughs> gift, there you go. That's right. There you go. Yeah. And of course, two fifty would be the sweet spot. <laughs> I will I will do my best to get that into the 250 range. I have no promises though. Um, no, no. All right. So on the bits that we will wanted to still talk about, we have your Dave Diggs for a pee break. So that'll be coming up maybe after I talk about my cabin kid visit. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. And, I, and, I got uh, through a lot of everything I wanted to bring. Oh up. yeah, no. It, no, and it's great. All that stuff is good. So we got your nieces, we got the shit the bride says, we got my Palmer's pleasure out of the way. Um, all that's really left. I'll talk about my cabin kid visit. How about then we'll take a pee break and play the Dave's digs and come back and do our King corner and roll into the, um, the bumper. Perfect. Perfect. Sound good. Yeah. All right. So, um, Ash and I, right at the beginning of our hiatus, right after we had recorded episode 50, we were leading into a week where, uh, we were going to spend a week at a cabin on the lake, at, on a lake, actually. In the first couple oh, yeah. days, we're going to be with Stan the Man and his wife. Oh, I and, didn't know that part. Yeah, That's uh, awesome. Well, we um, the cabin that we stayed at, we passed through where Stan the Man and his wife live. So uh, it just worked out. We ended up sp- spending the first night at their house and like hanging out with them and having a good time. And then after the next day, we all went up to this cabin they stayed one night with us at the cabin and then the rest of the week, Ash and I, just, it was just the two of us. Nice. Um, but that, to kick that week of vacation off, we started where we went to Columbus and had a barbecue with uh, Dr. Pumps Russell <laughs> and his wife, doctor. who I had not got to see since they moved back to Columbus. It was great to see his wife. And then... Um, I thought Logan and his family would also be at this barbecue, but it was just Logan because they, which was totally okay. And, and once it happened, I was just like, yep, that totally makes sense that that's how that would work out. But uh, his wife and uh, his sister, which I thought was this unique thing, like they were off doing something else than going to this uh, um I forget where they were. The zoo, I think, is where they went. They took all the kids and went to the zoo. Oh, Logan's wife and her sister. No, Logan's wife and Logan's sister. Oh! Like, oh. Logan's <laughs> sister brought her kids down, and then Logan's oh, wife and Logan's, Logan's kids. sister had kids. Jeez. Yeah. How old do you fucking wild. feel? I bet you feel like you're in your 40s Dude, year now, oh, don't you? I do. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. We're fucking old, man. That's what. That's what the fuck. <sighs> I talked to my wife about getting hair Jesus. transplants. That's what. That's how old Wait, we fucking are. What? Oh my God. I know you it's fucked up, isn't it? That. 
This is where we fucking are right now in our life. This is how I guess. It is. Yeah, but for sure you don't need hair transplants. Yeah, are you kidding? Have, have you have you seen the top of my head? It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's just not something. I'm I mean, gonna it do. might be something that you want, but it's not something that you need. It's not part of like what makes you. Sexy, I'm not going to actually you know do it, but I, I'm just <laughs> like it just came up in conversation where I was like, you know, because we're like you could be bald on top and have the beard. No, you don't need that. That's you yeah, do not no. need that. I would let you know if it I, would like add to sex appeal. Listen, but. if it was a skullet, I like where if I <laughs> had that where it's like all bald in that like circle, oh. and then you just have like the sides in the you know. Yeah, then you should probably shave to the beard for your yeah. if that were your case. But uh, this is just my the top of my hair is just so thin it all the way back like it's just there's just nothing up there. Anyways, I'm not gonna Picture actually. I've seen things are working for you, but but the, that you're talking about that. It's, it it's just indicative. came up in conversation. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. uh, what was I? What were we going to? I have um, I have zero train of thought either because I'm going on like four hours of sleep in the last thirty I hours. Know, yeah. <laughs> well, you, uh, well, you're with uh, Logan and Pumps. Oh yeah, so we're with Logan and Pumps, and like, uh, oh, because we were talking about how Logan's sister has kids and how that makes you feel like yeah, yes. yeah, it makes you yeah. fucking feel feel old because that's just we're old now that's just what we are yeah we picture her as a kid she has kids of her own so logan and pumps and me and ash and black widow yeah logan or pumps's wife and then pumps's kid they're magnificent son yeah yeah who was like it's like a grown-ass little man he's like a grown-ass little man it's kind of ridiculous how much of a grown-ass little man he is really awesome uh pump sends this text the next day that his son got up and like was walking around the house like looking around and they're like what's wrong and he's like where are all my friends like, oh my god like, oh my heart is melting right now that's so awesome that but great yeah uh, so it was a great visit. It was just great. I mean, you, I'm, I'm sure you've experienced this phenomenon with cabin kid, Katie. I'm, I'm sure it's probably the most recent time. There is a comfort that just comes being around the cabin kids. And I can't, yeah. I can't describe, I, I can't explain it any better. It's just, there is a comfort in spending time with those people. And you can only get that kind of comfort with those people. It's just, we didn't talk about, I couldn't tell you anything we talked about. It, it just, it was just a normal visit, but I can tell you how I felt while I was there. And it was awesome, you know, and uh, it was great. Just spent the day like talking to, talking to Logan, talking to pumps. Uh, when we were driving home, like Ash was like, you know, pumps and his wife, they're really good people. Like we should totally like, make more of an effort since they're so close to see them more. And I'm like, yeah, I was like, what did you think of Logan? And she's like, he's really stressed out. <laughs> that was her oh, response. Really? Uh, he's always been like, you know, where he's just like, is it just cause he was quiet or he, he was actually stressed out? Uh, I think it, I not really stressed. I mean, Logan kind of stressed out, you know, just like just trying to, he's, just, I, I can't describe it any way without, Cause it's not bad. It's just, he's like us. He just thinks a lot, you know? And like, he really 
like you can really tell that he's thinking about stuff and she perceived that as him being stressed out and i'm like no that's just logan that's just the way he is <laughs> uh you know because he's like he's I, I think the best way to describe it, it it's kind of like ash and i's relationship too and i think anybody in a relationship could relate could, can can see this where uh his wife is like totally just like we'll figure it out I, we're, we're gonna do this and then we'll just figure it out whereas logan's like me where it's like, no, I need to figure that out now before we do it. You know, like, uh, and and so I think that's how she took it. And <laughs> so when when she brought that up, I was like, oh, that's just kind of how he is. And then I'm like, you know, that's kind of how you make me too. Like, so, <laughs> and, and she's like, oh, touche. Yeah, that makes sense. I totally get it now. <laughs> uh, which is awesome. So. It was a it was a fantastic visit. Like we, uh, you know, we ate and drank and just shot the shit and got to hear, uh, got to see uh, Pumps's house that they moved into, which is beautiful. And yeah, I mean, it was just it was a great like four or five hours of just. I, I, I think the easiest I think what it is about the cabin kids is like because that group of people really draws out who you really are, right? And so when you finally get to spend time with them now in your adult life, you realize how long you spent trying to be what society or other people, what you think society or other people want you to be. But then when you're with the cabin kids, you just get to be you because that's all you ever were. Right. And so mm -hmm. it just is this like, ah, you know, like I could sit and just be myself and not have to worry about it. Uh, and that's I mean, you can't get you can't replace that with anything. I don't know. It's awesome. Yeah. So that, that's oh. how my that's how my cabin kid visit went like that. I, I, I know that like there's no details there. There's no like <laughs> I could not tell you things that we talked about. I just know that it felt awesome to just be around multiple cabin kids at the same time, you know? And Oh yeah. I, I, I'm not sure. I, I honestly don't know when that has last happened for me. Yeah. I've seen a cabin kid at a time as often as possible in the last few years, but I'm honestly not even sure at all. Like I have no idea when yeah. the last time, there would have been three of us together at once. And I'm using the term cabin kid because that's like, that's, that's nomenclature that we've used on this show. I get that same feeling when I'm with double D and when I'm with, um, yeah, you know, like Stan a different the man. Group, yeah. 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 Um, it's just when you have those people that just draw out who you really are, eventually you get to the point where you just, you want to spend time around them because you're tired of like, wearing different hats that you feel like you have to wear when you're not around those people or around other people, you know? Um, yeah, man, it was great. It was a great, 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 great time. So, and that was like a, th that I think I feel like it was June 30th, right? It was, yeah, we it was were initially planning right that to be, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the initial idea was that would be when we would corner Logan to, to get him on, on mic for a show, but then it turned out to be a travel day for me. But um, he's still into that. Oh, he, yeah. He's still into doing a Cabin Kid episode. Well, actually, right after that barbecue, so like Pump sends that 
text about his son, like where are all my friends and Logan's like response was like, uh, when's the next time? Like, when are we going to do oh, that? Again? Great. You know? That's so, um, I, I need to, this month has just been crazy. I've been doing a ton of wood shop stuff. <laughs> this week has been crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, in that this week is just like the topper on the whole rest of the month. I really feel like I took a lot of advantage of the hiatus, not in all the ways I should have. Like, I didn't do the website, and you loaded the rest of the lo- – like, I even forgot to fucking load the logos up on shit, right? Like, <laughs> Oh, that doesn't matter. Yeah, it matters. You, it matters. Well, uh, so, uh, maybe. But, you know, I, from some of my favorite podcasts, I never go to their websites. So yeah. <laughs> So, well, and that's, it, I mean, all the out. website is going to do is go to, is direct you to the places that we say to go to, right? Like, yeah. go to our YouTube page, go to our Twitter, go to Dave's Instagram now, uh, like all those things. So, really, all the web page is going to be is an aggregate for those things and a link to our store when that ultimately, whenever that happens. Uh, but I've just, I spent a ton of time in the wood shop. I you know I got my dust collection system is all finished now. Oh yeah, you know which was spectacular. Double D actually came down the day he came down for a visit, the day that I like finished the dust collection system. So he got to he was one of the first people to get to see it run and see it like function. And I'll have to shoot a video for it. It I I was kind I told Ash I was like I'm I'm down to like the last steps of putting it together. And I think one of the reasons I'm so hesitant is like it will be devastating if I fire it up and it doesn't work the way that I had intended it to work. And then I did and it exceeded those expectations. Like it, it like works so much better than that. It was like when I was showing Double D, I had this like giant pile of sawdust. I made that. So I sent you a picture of a giant Jenga set that I made. Yeah, that's great. And it was even color, like yeah. you dyed the, the I, wood or something. Yeah, and I like made a spinner and then a container that doubles as like the base to play the game on. Anyways, I only made that so I could make sawdust to test my dust collection system out. And like right. Double D was here for that. So I suck up this giant pile of sawdust and uh, there's a, a the first stage traps all that sawdust and then the second stage is really just trap like the fine stuff that would get normally trapped in the filter. But if the dust collection system works, there should be nothing that ends up in that second stage, which in mine is a bucket, like an orange bucket. There should be hardly anything in that orange bucket if everything else does what it's supposed to do. And so I told Double D that. I was like, I'm going to suck up this giant pile of sawdust, and if this thing works right, there should hardly be anything in this orange bucket. He's like, all right. And so I suck up the giant pile of sawdust. And as soon as I'm done, I turn it off and I walk over to the bucket and I pry the bucket off and there's like nothing in it. And it was like, it was like performing a magic trick. Like double D was just like, (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like it was awesome. It like totally worked flawlessly. It was awesome. That's Uh, excellent. So I, I finished two woodshop projects in this, in this hiatus. Uh, I've been working a ton at my part-time job that I, I got like, <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, just that I was assuming was going to be, that was going to be to supplement my income while I was getting my business off the ground before I got like this offer that I can't refuse. I'm going to, yeah, that's how I'm going to bill it. It's the offer I can't refuse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just picture you with the horse's head in the bed. Oh, <laughs> 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 
crushing walnuts with one hand. Like, no, they're making them off. Like, no. Uh, so I, I, I worked a ton this month. I uh, did a bunch of wood shop stuff. Um, really tried to grow as a partner, uh, which was challenging at times this past month. It was a great month. I, I did a lot of stuff that wasn't long, long, short drink related. So, yeah. yeah. That's how, cool. How about you? Like you, so you had your trip. Um, what else in the, in the hiatus month? Like, yeah, you want to give like a cliff notes, like a bulleted list. I mean, of... the, uh, I mean, you know, I, I turned 39, all that, uh, the fun thing there, um, for my, <laughs> I celebrated my birthday by <laughs> getting baked and watching, um, I heart Huckabees escape me for a minute. Oh, I, nice. Yeah, which was amazing on cake. <laughs> I have not watched that since it came out. I would need to see that again. That's I like mean, the, that's an acquired taste. It's like the be. corporate satire, right? Like that's it, I don't it, even know. Like there's a lot of like kind of philosophy in it and stuff like I I just always find it hilarious. Like yeah. uh, when it I mean, it's Marky Mark and um it's um a David Jude O'Russell Law. film. Jude Laws in it, Naomi Watts yeah. and um I'm I'm blanking on the right name for he's a Coppola ultimately kinda. Um Jason something. Fuck. Siegel. Siegel. No. That's I almost Oh no, Jason Siegel's the guy from How I Met Your Mother. Hang on. Yeah. What the fuck? Why can't just <laughs> keep talking? I want to bring up IMDB and I'll find it. But any so um but I watched that. Yeah. Like I've been thinking about that movie for a long time and I hadn't seen it in years and I thought it'd be funny to watch it in an altered state. And it was I mean it's funny anyway, but it was unbelievable. And the bride does not like it. So she's like upstairs baking me something some kind of like I don't know. She was making me some kind of special birthday dinner. I'm just like downstairs guffawing at this 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 movie. Jason Schwartzman. Schwartzman, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so he is actually Talia Shire's son, who plays his mother in the movie, Rocky's wife, and all, who is also in the Godfather movies and is a is a Coppola, I believe. Oh, uh, I see. Uh, but so that was super fun. And then just coincidentally, so uh, I can't give away too much other than to say a very unlikely person who is someone I know through the bride, like a, a woman in her i'm not super sure i'm gonna say 50s somewhere but like a really just like sweet typical like sort of fargo-esque like polite minnesotan-ish person one of her favorite movies is tropic thunder that is one of my favorite movies that is a movie i sprained my knee in theater watching (laughs) and so when I found out that she liked this movie, I was just like beside myself because it's so incongruous to begin with, but also just like to know someone else who likes it seemingly as much as I do. I was like, we must get together and watch this. So we've been talking about that for over a year. And then that happened like the day after my birthday, coincidentally, oh, which was magnificent. Yeah. Did you get big for that too? <laughs> then don't, you don't need to. Yeah, like, no, you do <laughs> Uh, I don't even think this this lady drinks or anything. So we were just like stone cold sober and just dying. And uh, so that was that was magical. 
Um, I think other than the stuff I've, t- I mean, like I had a lot of stuff in July that kind of actually sucked between like long, non long walk, short drink, uh, stuff to talk about. Like I just got kind of an avalanche of life, life. shit, work yeah, shit just and just, yeah, but I'm doing, you know, largely fine. I'm very nearly finished with a, a music project that I have been kind of dreaming about for 13 that's okay. You finish that shit up for because like as soon as it's done, years. we're planning for summer 2020. Yeah, and that's coming up. Yeah. I mean, I've got so many projects, but this one I've been dreaming about for like five years and uh, it was gonna, it's part of this larger sort of um, re, big reissue of my f- first album, but uh, it's called Cafe Days and it's basically um, um, cassette tape recordings of the shows that I would play in like like Susan's coffee and tea and all these kind of like coffee shops yeah. 2006 and seven. So I'll, I'll talk about more than that when, when it's done, but um, I've been spending a lot of time working on that. Moda's helped me with that. And that's very nearly finished. That'll be, I think it'll be finished in some sometime in August here. I but, also saw some, um, I, I don't interact with, I, I mean, I don't do anything with them, but I still get the notifications just to tease. Oh wait, did, uh, did Moto edit? 50 i'm not sure oh moto yes i so i was i was guessing you hadn't heard it yet but moto did take the opportunity of the milestone of episode 50 to add moto uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> i have so much to look forward to <laughs> yeah i can't so if for those of you who are listening um and if you've been listening since the beginning you know if you haven't listened from the beginning and you want thousands of hours more of long walk short drink um it's highly recommended you go back because moto uh there was some beauty to what was created in those earlier episodes that just is so it's just it it, it just enhances it a little more and it's i like this idea of him like coming back every now and then and just like here you go like just yeah, just so yeah. you know I'm still here and yeah he's surprised um, us. Yeah, no, that's uh I can't wait to listen to that. I saw those notifications come through. Uh I'm behind again. I was finally caught up, but I need to listen to 50. Um Yeah, that's awesome. So for those of you if you haven't gone back and listened to 50 or again if you want to get like it was just a different take on our edits that were just it became its own character almost these moto edits that are just yeah basically my, to, like see them or to hear them I hear guess. them yeah. yeah my my brother would uh who was especially in the first i don't know how many first few dozen or whatever he was basically mixing and mastering them and which is a, a particular skill he has but at a certain point he started to pick up on reoccurring themes and just basically like taking inside jokes and creating this kind of meta audio commentary of like pulling pop songs or songs that are come from that are like he, literally created from our group of friends and yeah, stuff he produced cool. he literally produced he the did, show yeah. like i yeah. mean just he took the raw material that we gave and then gave it a, a voice which was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Produced so. like every three hour episode, which at the time was weekly, like yeah. a fucking album. It was yeah. nuts. <laughs> oh, crazy. Yeah. So. But number 50, he returned to um, 
I can't that, that, wait. That was number fifty. Moto shares some like super deep stuff, and uh, yep. so there was there was less perhaps opportunity for fun and commentary than others. But he he found some he found some fun moments, and that's a good one. Good. I, I well, I need to listen to that. I am going to listen to my Cujo conversation uh, prior to this episode coming out, so I have an idea. Well, I, for if for any other reason, so I can take notes and then start working on something for this summer 2020 I'm, oh yeah and sorry go ahead oh, yeah twinkie clear your calendar for summer 2020 <laughs> we're gonna need a month in there um i would like to avoid august because i'm sure it's disgusting in wherever we end up <laughs> um but we're gonna need a good like three weeks in summer 2020 and a mullet by then so <laughs> don't Cut your hair between now and then because we need the mullet back. Um, can you and maybe not that much. Like I'll, I'll, we can help figure it out to kind of make the the timelines manageable. Well, yeah, oh yeah, but like I, I definitely, I see, I, I see this being. People have shot features in less, and this is a short to to to. Tease, are we but... gonna do a short? Well, I imagined it was a short, but we'll see. I was thinking, I was thinking it was gonna be a feature. <laughs> Maybe. That's why I said three weeks. You write it, my friend. We'll we'll make it. Yeah. So, um, oh, People, everyone man. listening, like now, this is a tease for like the very latter half of the show, which is this. Basically, Palmer fleshes out this movie idea he's been percolating, and it's it's bananas how passionate he gets about it. It, and how it, it finally struck me on because I'm like, this is an allegory for something. Like, what are you, what are you trying to tell? It's an it's an allegory for like mental illness that's i mean you're running oh. from this problem you know and like it is it is just relentless so that's uh that's my motivation for my writing <laughs> nice. that's yeah so. that's a taste like that i mean for okay. our live listeners now that you won't you won't get to hear that tonight but but uh next week on the same channel and or podcast you'll get to hear that yeah. conversation paul Burnett, a couple of weeks ago um should we maybe right. let's so what I have left on here is the King Corner and your Dave Diggs. So, yeah, so I'll I'll set this in. up. Uh, well, I'll set up the roll we'll in, I guess, up, yeah. very very quickly. The Dave Diggs. Um, so basically, the reason why this is a standalone well, it's not a standalone thing. It's rolled into the show instead of a standalone unboxing video. Is because it this this Dave Diggs is for this. Uh, Bruce Springsteen, uh, the album collection on vinyl, 1973 through 1984. Holy I actually had this on. It's oh, this thing is fucking magnificent. I don't know if you can still get it. Um, one of the reasons I just got it now, four years after it came out, is because there were like two or three left on Amazon, and the the volume two just came out, which oh, I yeah. may have just ordered. <laughs> for oh, myself. of course, as soon as <laughs> out. Oh shit! Keep that. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Um, um, yeah, as soon as the bride's out of the house, I had a little bit of, uh, you owe you know, her, you owe her a fucking pinball machine at this point. <laughs> I, like, do. I do. Yeah. Oh, Oddly shit. enough, it's, it's the space that she's concerned about yeah. in any event. Um, I was, yeah. So I, I, uh, I had this on CD. You'll see it in the unboxing video, but I, there was, there was one or there's one item in particular. It's like, uh, is this a, available larger? And <laughs> anyway, so I got it. And I basically have been, I became a Bruce Springsteen fan maybe like eight years ago in 2010. But 
when his autobiography came out, Born to Run, which is fucking magnificent, I started after finishing that, which I really enjoyed. I started to work my way through his albums again when the audiobook came out like six months later that he reads and is awesome. You can get it on Audible. If you go to audibletrial.com slash LWSD and search Born to Run, yep, uh, you can listen to that for free. On us. On us, basically. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. And, and a, th- a free 30-day trial to that that magnificent service. Um, but so when I started to listen to the audiobook, I decided I would start at the beginning of his um, uh, recording career. and then As one par- does. Yeah, if as I do com- a lot. If you're a completist, <laughs> yeah. that's what yeah. you do. And I paired it with, I don't have this the slip jackets for these books because when they're in circulation, I hide them somewhere else. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, in, uh, oh, it's, a, it's just weirdness I can't even get into. But in any event, in uh, I think 98 or so, um, his first book that he published, Springsteen put out this uh, book of songs, which is essentially his albums in lyric form with some introductions and stuff. Yeah, 1998. Um, so I'll like go through the chapter in this book and read the lyrics like devoid. Are you of doing music. the unboxing before we show the unboxing? No, no, this is just setting up the unboxing. Okay. And then after the unboxing, then Dave Stiggs is over. Okay. Uh, but this is just to set that up. But so this is the kind of stuff that I've been doing. I don't know since the beginning of 2017, I guess. But I kind of stopped for a while until I got to, because I for me I got to born in the USA which is the last album this cycle. And uh, that just felt like a summer album. So I did that just recently. Nice. Uh, but so, yeah, like I'll read the chapter. I'll, I'll listen to the parts of his, his autobiography. I'll go through this songs book and read the lyrics and the, his notes on it and stuff. I'll go through this Rolling Stone magazine that, that had the period accurate articles from the albums and then read the interviews from this thing. So this whole thing that I do, but it's a, I mean, if you're going to go through someone's career, if you're the, he, he's a good one to, if, if, if you have some investment. So this is uh this unboxing video is four years after the fact. That's why I'm not going to just put it up on its own. It's of no use to anyone yeah. <laughs> other than the joy that I had unwrapping you know it. That, I mean, the, the unboxing well, are... video fucking views, man. Like, yeah, no, they do. But the ones that we've put up are more recent and there were a bunch of unboxing videos for this set. Uh, listen, so... I, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll make a challenge with you. I bet you, if you still put that video out, you'll get as many views as you did on any of the other unboxing. Ooh, interesting. That's a good experiment. I'll do that as well and hashtag it LWSD fifty one. Yep. I, I mean unboxing, that's a there's a huge, huge like subculture of on YouTube that is surrounded around unboxings. So nice. I I, I yeah. bet you get just as many views on that unboxing as you do the nine inch nail stuff that just came out. So Oof, yeah. And it was so hard for me. It was only because I recorded this that it, my Dave's Digs this week is not Nine Inch Nails. But I believe our next episode is Karate Kai. Uh, oh, two yeah. weeks from now. Is that We're, on the calendar? I think so. This I don't remember putting anything on the calendar either. Like that—that's <laughs> when I was like, "Are we doing a catch-up? What's this?" Because like I don't. I know we talked about the calendar. I know we were like, we should totally use this calendar more. <laughs> and I added it to my phone, but like, I, I, I don't remember putting anything on there. So Cobra Kai is the next, like two weeks from now, two weeks from now, we'll do karate. Well, I like this idea karate of karate Kai, Kai which karate is like Kai, all yeah. of the karate kid universe, especially incorporating the new Cobra Kai YouTube series. So, uh, folks, Moto, first off, you're coming. You need to be on that episode. Please, yeah, please, please, please bless us awesome. with your presence. Um, 
So between now and August 15th, I'm going to watch Cobra Kai. I'm going to watch Karate Kids 1, 2, and 3, but I'm going to dodge like a fucking nice. bullet the next Karate Kid because that's some, <laughs> that's just a fucking cash grab is all that is. Um, we'll and we won't even acknowledge the uh, remake. Not that it's necessary. I don't feel like it's necessarily bad, but it's not at all part of the universe. No, it's just not in that universe. Uh, yeah. um, but we uh, so August 15th, listen for that conversation about all of the Karate Kai stuff. <laughs> Moto uh, chimed in on the chat. He goes, Kia! Yes. <laughs> nice. Oh man. But I, I I I could just picture in like uh cuz Karate Kid 3 is like where uh is like the bad Superman one, right? Where, yes. Uh so I could just picture where he is he's reopened the like Cobra Kai dojo to avenge his sensei and he finally convinces Daniel like mm -hmm. you have to like see through the pain. And he yeah. hears like Daniel like punching that wooden thing, oh, and like yeah. with his bloody knuckles, and like he's like standing around the corner like laughing at yeah. like his, with his fucking ponytail with his fucking ponytail, <laughs> Fuck Steven you. Seagal ponytail. Yes, that he is literally a Steven Seagal wannabe. That fucker. Yeah, Terry Silva, go fuck oh, yourself, Terry. Oh motherfucker! <laughs> God damn it, Daniel is a pure soul, and you tainted him. You. Yeah. <laughs> so I bring that up because uh, um both to tease the episode, but also because um Nine Inch Nails is doing a lot of cool stuff that I wanted to wait and talk about maybe with Moto. I just because to, he has I, a frame reference there. Well, and I need to I I need to catch up on their current stuff, like their newest stuff that's come out. Especially that one that just the uh, one uh, that talks about um he's got that video, the Polybius video that I, Oh yeah. Which is like the second of the, the trilogy even, but yeah, yeah maybe we can get into that. Um, but, black but turtleneck. Yes. Moto. Oh Fucking yeah. Goddamn black. That, turtleneck. Even that's a Steven Seagal thing from my yeah. hard to kill. He was rocking the black turtleneck. That literally like now that I'm replaying that movie in my head, he, that is exactly what he's trying to achieve is, is a Steven Seagal look. Yeah. Yeah. Motherfucker. Oh. Fucker, you're, if you're gonna rip somebody off, like rip somebody good off, like like. <laughs> I could totally see if he was trying to be like another Jean Claude Van Damme or fucking goddamn like. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry, I I don't know. I'm making that face to yeah. make the making that noise to make that face to oh. match the shirt. Yeah, no. But, fuck so that's that guy. that's the next time this. But but I partially mentioned like some of what I'm really enjoying about Nine Inch Nails is. They're getting a lot of press, and and Reznor has been like, not that he hasn't done this before, but it's really making the like art of the interview like a big part of the kind of mythos of the band, which has been awesome. And nobody is better than that than Bruce Springsteen. So part of the reason that I love to like go through his his catalog, like as a catalog, as a kind of a I'm gonna say anthropological. I don't know if that's the right like <laughs> pop culture anthropological thing. It's just because he contextualized things so well and, and it gives that much more sort of enrichment to the album. So this album cycle from 1973 through 84 is the is the one that's in this box set. And it's what I um, take out of the box <laughs> in this uh, roughly like six and a half minute um, video that I thought we could roll in while we 
refresh our beverages yeah. and, and even our Rollins are long walk short drink. Did you notice that? Like, yeah, have no other way, it, We could not like, I know we thought we like, we feel like dude therapy was a missed opportunity for naming this podcast. It can't be called anything else than long walk short drink. Also, it, there's almost no other long walk short drink. Like if you search that on YouTube, you're not going to find much else. No, I've noticed. No, like, and it, I mean, it is the best description of the show. Like, I mean, it's like, so fucking fitting where it's like, we just talked, literally, we talked for 18 minutes about a six-minute video. That's what... <laughs> like, like, I mean, you can't you can't make this shit up. That's, I mean, that's classic, right? <laughs> I literally saw something, by the way, this the, the last day or two about turning an ocean liner around. And I was yeah. like, oh, my God. <laughs> turn a ship around. You can't do it. Takes a long time. Takes a long time to turn a ship around. Oh, fuck. All right. Well, so um, I'm gonna mute my I'm gonna mute my personal mic and camera okay. so that I can play this out. Um, but so here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll this video in. Uh, while Dave and I go pee, you guys get to enjoy that, and then I'll just listen to it when I listen to this episode, I guess. So um, let me do that. You guys don't go anywhere. Oh wait, I just muted my mic and I said don't fucking go anywhere. <laughs> don't fucking go anywhere you two viewers stay here watch this video we're gonna piss and then be back and do a king corner and roll in the conversation that you don't get to hear i mean who <laughs> who wants to miss that nobody wants to miss that so all right see you in six minutes all right welcome to the unboxing video for the bruce springsteen album collection volume one um Granted, this is quite a few years after this came out, but I'm doing this today because for for those since 2014, I have had this CD uh, box, and just this today, I got the vinyl. So let's open this up. So I mean, they're actually best I can tell, having not opened replicas, but this is so small. Um, the CD thing, it was a bit frustrating um, to try to read. I was trying to read the uh, the newspaper articles and such that were uh, included. Very thorough and interesting, but just too tiny to uh, to even begin to you know squint. I mean, I don't know. It, it was pretty painful to try to try to read them, and I wanted to. And uh, of course, the um, volume two is coming out, or rather, has just come out. So I fell prey to this. I mean, that's how others would put it. I'm pretty darn excited. So let's open this puppy up. Of course, it's beautiful. Looks like a you know an aged. Ooh, I've been using. Yeah. See this uh, and on the back. There's a little bit about each album, which is lovely, and a little bit of a just a, a contextualization of the collection, which is covers the albums from 1973 to 1984, basically from his first record through Born in the USA. Oh yeah. Now I have vinyl replica, uh, not replicas. I have vinyl editions of all of these albums, but even in the CD. Uh, Things like the Asbury Park, you know, greetings from Asbury Park, and it kind of folds out like this to see the uh, the postcard, you know, and the 
the credits on the postcard and um and it even has kind of what would have been the vintage uh sort of newspaper type uh sleeve so all of this is replicated in the cd you know in my and, and for some of them it works rather well but as you can just see from this uh, you know long perspective everything's very small like the lyrics are tiny so it's 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 super cool that they went to the trouble of of making these miniature replications of, of the albums the lps as they would have come out but it was you know kind of frustrating to you know try and actually interact with them and so that that was what i really got to well, be more careful about that. Uh, so that, oh yeah. And of course, yeah, all of these are, are legendary albums. This one notoriously did not have any lyrics printed, which folks are not happy about. <laughs> um, you know, of course, the big, beautiful Born to Run. Let me fold it over to see Big Man himself. And, uh, yeah, so, so, you know, crisp, brand new, beautiful reprints. My favorite, Darkness on the Edge of Town. So again, I had all, <laughs> it's embarrassing kind of, but I had all these uh, albums and, and I even managed to find, you know, good editions that would have something like the, the, the lyric insert here. But so cool to see it like so crisply replicated. Um, But I think, combined with the frustration of trying to read the tiny booklet and realizing that... I don't think I realized at the time that there was a vinyl version, or maybe because I had the vinyl albums I was less interested in that. Yeah, I don't want to necessarily get all that out, but... Um, you know, Nebraska here. Um, this is... You know, here's a good example of... So, all of these details, even this kind of the size and the small lyric card or sheet is, is replicated in this CD set, which is kind of, um, really is something amazing. And, uh, you know, this is such a seminal uh, period of output for Mr. Springsteen. So, yeah, it's, so it's just, uh, it's cool, but it's miniature. And when I was trying to read that book, it was frustrating. And then hearing they had Volume 2 coming out, I was having enjoyed so many vinyl box sets in the last couple of years, I was excited to get this new one on vinyl, Volume 2, which starts with Tunnel of Love, um, and I think goes up through Tom Joad. But yeah, so I've been working through this collection. So now, oh boy, this is the, this is the kind of, both to have the match, but also to be able to read that this is gorgeous this is like basically like a coffee table book i mean there's a sheen to uh the, the the some of the photos i don't know if you can see the shine of um like what would be scotch tape there you go kind of see that's all spread throughout it's really this is my money's worth right here <laughs> um but yeah so uh, obviously <laughs> pretty late to the game on this, <laughs> but uh, soon I'll, I'll be able to match, you know, volume, uh, volume one here with uh, volume two, so 
stay tuned for that. Thanks for watching. And um, I don't know, when I ordered this from Amazon, there were only three left. So <laughs> perhaps, perhaps you can grab one of them if you see this soon enough. Cheers. Okay, this is Dave hopping back on uh, after that, that rolling. So yeah, it's fucking magic. <laughs> that final box set. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy, man. It looks, uh, you know, and you say like, I'm kind of late to the game. There was only three left. They'll just put more. They'll they'll just get more. I mean, they'll. That's... I don't know. That that's that's the bitch about this. So like, we're at a time in media that, you know, that you hear like that expression FOMO, <laughs> fear of missing out. Yeah, yeah. I, I have an aversion to acronym names like that, and I just like from back when I first heard, my aunt would say AC, and it would make me homicidal. I don't know. It's weird. I'm weird about that. And many other things. Instead but, of air conditioning, like that. That yeah, I'm like that bother, AC just, bother you? Saying things like AC, FOMO, whatever. It's just like I mean, I don't like so I don't like abbreves. Like like the word abbreve is an abbreviation for the word abbreviation. That's so <laughs> fucking stupid. Like uh, I don't like that kind of shit either. But I mean, it's, I don't know why. That's what it is. It's AC. It's turn the AC on. I mean, I'm, I've, I've, la I mean, I'm anyway. Yeah. I'm better oh, in some yeah, ways, but I, okay, I, yeah. But FOMO, I, sorry, like, yeah. I don't really have fear of missing out on life. I have fear of missing out of media because yeah. I know when things are gone, gone, and I can't get them. It's, a, it's a bad. So that's happened enough <laughs> to, to where I, I see I'm fall prey to like, oh, the limited edition is running out. That's what happened to me today with volume two of this because this first edition, uh, this first like volume one was you know it's like a mass-produced thing or whatever but i think nowadays like physical media is only for a certain yeah. audience and that's yeah. me and uh you. they make less they make less of it because you know it's not necessarily uh going to be consumed by by people to where there be additions upon additions so in an event but so i'm sorry I, I seized upon that i'm really glad i did it's it's gorgeous and I've interacted with those albums so much already. It's, yeah. Uh, Listen, it's, it's, they don't sit on the everybody's shelf. Everybody's got know? their own pinball machine, dude. Like <laughs> that's, that's right. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's right. Uh, everybody's got their own shit that just turns them on. Yours is <laughs> yeah. media. Mine's pinball machines. Right now, you know what I mean? Like yeah. At least you're consistent. You're. I mean, you've always <laughs> yeah. been like that. Like always. I it's do. Always yeah. I so like impressive. my stuff. I remember the walk-in closet that was in your bedroom being lined from floor to ceiling with vhs yeah. cassettes like yeah just like which i'm willing to bet you probably still own a large percentage of like not as many as i would like and that's the thing like i could tell you i remember the first one i got rid of kelly's heroes i was <laughs> i've never watched kelly's heroes i signed up for a clint eastwood like time life thing on tv and um oh no the bride is still watching <laughs> <laughs> shit <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> What's he say? She said, "She said you're such a dummy. Of course, there are only three left. That's how they get suckers like you to impulse buy." <laughs> and then a That's bit what emoji. I said. When there's just gonna be more, like when those three sell out, all of a sudden there'll be six available. You ah. know, like. Well, either way, it delights me to no end. I, I don't. I'm, I'm. I'm happy for the excuse. Everybody's got their <laughs> pinball machines, man. Yeah. Like that's yeah. like. I drove 1,400 miles this week for 20-year-old video games, essentially. Like, 
and and one of them I spent a decent amount of money on. You know, the other one didn't cost anything. I just traded, but one of them I actually purchased. So you don't have to justify anything to me, buddy. <laughs> like that, like I get it. I get it. If that shit was like, if I it, it, I own this collection of Dark Tower comic books. Um, oh, I didn't know this. Yeah, that like one. It, it, it is a beautiful, beautiful box set. But I, I totally fell for that. There's only three left deal. Like there, I got on there and it was like, and then they say this is where Amazon fucking gets it. Like order soon with an exclamation point. Like only this many left. Order soon. And you're like, well, yeah, I'm gonna order it because shit, there's only that many left. Yeah, they don't put a date next to how many there's been that many. You know, it could be like a year oh, and a half. There's yeah. been three left. You know, that's like, right? Yeah. But if that's true, who wants oh, it? Like oh, they don't yeah. tell you how long there's only been that many. Like, yeah, that's why I fell prey with the Springsteen Volume One because it's been four years. I'm like, that could be true at this point. Yeah. Well, either way, yeah. you know. <laughs> on eBay, eBay, like that's that eBay is the great equalizer on that kind of shit. Because if you really want it and you're willing to pay for it, it's probably you'll probably be able to find it somewhere on the internet. And eBay is usually a good stop for that. So, yeah. oh man, oh, you, you mentioned a twenty-year thing. So I want to just then tease the what is basically an outro segment that I propose to our show. Oh yeah. So I think I talk about it a little bit in the roll-in that we'll get into, but definitely for the last like year or so especially i have been torn between many projects that i just palm we're soon to hear palmer talk about a project that he's just on fire for and that's what that's what you that's what you live for as a creative person like something that keeps you up at night and i've got a bunch of things that have been keeping me up at night uh, a lot of which are these kind of archival things this nine this this 2018 is like 10 year 20 year bunch of anniversaries that were sparking me working on these archival projects. Plus I have some kind of more contemporary uh, projects. And um, I had to kind of let go of that recently just to be like, let's find a different way to commemorate that don't take in, in, like an yeah. unbelievable amount of time. And um, sounds like healthy growth. Right it, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I think so. And I, I mean, I talked about that uh, cafe days thing and I just, I've been working on that for a while, but I, I was like, you know, I need to let, like I'm pretty close. Let's finish that. Let's finish another thing, and and then so on and so forth. But um, so I had an idea to kind of scratch the itch that I have to share some of these archival projects in a context that where they could be appreciated a little bit more than perhaps otherwise. And also, a lot of this stuff I don't feel comfortable just throwing out on the internet because they involve people. Maybe I haven't spoken to a lot or spoken to about sharing this or whatever. Right, right. So. Stuff like, say, Jack O'Neill's uh, Crow adaptation or something, um, or uh, things of that of that ilk. Like, basically, my my idea is to have a Dreaming Out Loud archive outro segment. So, our shows are long <laughs> already. Um, at first, it started as an idea of like the tons and tons of musical, uh, you know, tracks uh, that I have that our friends have made, whether they be cover songs that have never been quote unquote released or like fully produced, you know, studio tracks or whatever. Uh, I listened to a lot of podcasts that 
some of them like at the end they'll just roll out on a song sometimes it's like an independent song other other uh podcasts they'll just flat out play a commercial song but my initial thought was like let's play one of our songs that doesn't get much play that maybe i would put say in the crams episode uh 40 i want to say 48 i played one of his songs in the break but only like 15 seconds of it and it's like i could play that whole song just at the end people can stop listening this 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 so my thought this will come after our full uh like outro so once you hear the long walk short drink theme song fade out if you don't care about this part you're not going to miss anything like (laughs) this this stuff so like in 50 I play every once in a while. I put a little teaser. It used to be that Moto would choose these. If there was a teaser, Moto chose it in the edit. Yeah. But say fifty, I play a little. It's like six seconds of something of Moto and me when we were nineteen eighty-seven. I would have been eight, and he would have been four. <laughs> so that was just like wow. six seconds. But so anyway, this is something I've been thinking about, and uh, so and I might. If it's like a heavily video related thing, I might just leave it in the YouTube. I don't know. I don't want to do anything that like, <laughs> I don't know if you could scare people off from the length of our episodes, but uh, anyway, I'll be. I just um, see that as like, you have thousands of hours of content to get to listen to. Like who doesn't want to listen to that? I mean, I really. suppose. Yeah. If you're interested, cause like we used to do videos mentioned on the show for certain things I felt were more sensitive. I would post them to Twitter, but that limits it to like two two minutes and 20 seconds or something so this will be like stuff I, the longest thing i have planned is in october when we reach the 20th anniversary of the crow adaptation that jack and i made yeah. there's a 30 minute like behind the scenes documentary that i feel is like the most digestible thing that if you were going to see anything like this would give you a sense of why right why it's interesting at this point not even the, the not even the movie itself but in any event, most things will be much shorter. Um, this week, I intend to include the first one, which couldn't be more appropriate in that yesterday, 20 years ago yesterday, was the Cabin concert. Do you know what I mean when I say that? Oh, yeah, I know what I mean when you say that. Of course, I know what you mean when I say that, when you say that. Yeah. yeah. And so I was, for a minute, starting to prepare like a big, and I, I will still do this someday, like some sort of like multi-disc thing because ultimately so we've talked tons about the cabin on the show uh people would play music at the cabin that was some of the first places maybe the first place i ever played music for other people um around the campfire and stuff but like it would be real solitary like i and basically i would play pearl jam songs and jack would play dylan songs and and Hartzler would play country songs and uh i'd sing acapella like because yeah. i didn't know how to play any exactly instrument. yeah yeah, yeah, we'd all, I think, I don't know if he quite, no, Crams didn't play yet, actually, which comes to bear in the in the documentary that I'll mention. So, on on July 31st, 1998, um, was the last night, so, so many of the people that came out there were, had just graduated, and they were soon to head off to um, college, to the military, to all manner of things that would take us down different uh, paths in life. I had already been a year out of high school and in in the summer of 1998, I was working on sound mixing and, and fully sort of location, fully work for the Crow project. But um, 
I was frequenting WCTV and I had been filming a bunch of stuff for what would come to be the one video, which I had been doing. I, I think I might talk about this in the, in the roll in to work. So I won't get into it now, but basically then when this, this evening came up where it was the last night that everyone had really been going out to the cabin in that year and had had this special experience the last night before it was like then st- people would start to be gone and not everyone would be there so we decided that we would kind of organize a, a, a kind of a special occasion and um i won't break it out here and stuff cause we've been going a lot longer than we intended but i tweeted it out on uh I tweeted things out on my... Everything is on the Long Walk Short Drink. So if you go to twitter.com slash LWSDpod, you can see repost right around the 31st of, of this year of... Uh, I think there's pictures of Palmer and the cornfield and me filming. I tweeted stuff out from various accounts and, and then did an Instagram story. Uh, not a story. <laughs> I don't even know what that is necessarily. But I did a post on Instagram that allowed me to have multiple pictures and a longer text thing. So if you get instagram.com slash... David Allman, you can see that. And that was how I commemorated on the day this anniversary of this evening, where basically we, I got three cameras from WCTV. We had instead of people just around the campfire, we got on the on the deck of the cabin and we orchestrated this evening that kind of flowed through collaborations fr- from like I feel like it started. It was like Hartzler on his own playing country songs, and then I think Jacko came up. And Jacko played some songs, an original actually, um, that you can hear at the end of the show as part of the documentary that followed. And then like Jacko did a collaboration with Bauman. And then that, like then Jacko left this the stage and Crams came up and played a f- uh Weird Kid in the Corner. Like yeah. his Steve what ultimately became his Steve offering and a very fun song. And then he came, he 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 stayed on stage, and Bauman left, and I came up on stage and played the guitar for Crams to be able to sing Pearl Jam's "Footsteps," which is and one of I, the most powerful performances of "Footsteps" I've like ever experienced in my life. Oh, that's so cool to hear for me too. Like it was really yeah. And Crams at that he, like, time, he actually cries while he's singing. Like he like it gets seemed like in, it, yeah yeah he gets into it like. Yeah, and he had not been someone to perform music around the campfire. Like he wasn't perhaps like comfortable enough to do the acapella thing that you'd done, and he hadn't yet learned how to play guitar. Yeah. So, this was a, like a different thing uh, for him. In any event, it was a pretty special night, and we wove all this sort of musical uh, performances together in that way that someone was always staying up there, and then people would leave. And at the end, we did a big sing along for like a Rusted Root song. Yeah. Um, and I yeah, brought out. It was a that good night. night. Yeah. yeah that night was, yeah. I mean, generally the road up to the, or the road, the, the path up to the cabin was like dark, but you could see the, the campfire in the distance. Yeah. But on this night we had, um, tiki torches, tiki torches that lit the way lining the uh, path. Yeah. So I tweeted this stuff. You can see all in long walk, short drink, but I'm just going to want to show Palmer real quick just so that he can remember. Uh, but I had like drawn out this, this like one page document that uh was like the plan for the evening and you can see drawings of the tiki torches and stuff and it has a date and it had like the camera i don't know if you can see uh you can see on the youtube so you can kind of see that is kind of the lay of the land of the of the cabin there and um and i had directions here about like what the cameras were to do and a a kind of start time and 
and line up. <laughs> not to like, not to shit all over this, but one of the like a lot of the footage was not very good because of the lighting, right? Like, yes, the sound I, was fine, but the, yeah, thank you. <laughs> the lighting because it's all like we weren't shooting fucking Barry London, like, and it's all fucking candlelight, and yeah. so it just yeah. Which at the time for me, like shooting on a VHC prosumer, not even prosumer, just consumer camera, it's like maybe shooting on your iPhone, like it'll figure it out. But I, it might have even been more forgiving to where when we were shooting the crow, like Jacko and I would literally shoot by candlelight and it was no problem. Not yeah. at all. Like, yeah, it was fine. Um, but. So I got these like SVHS cameras, which for I don't know if anyone listening other than Palmer will double know. double the resolution of a regular VHS. Triple, I think. Yeah, triple, I, yeah. I want to say triple. Yeah, and and uh, that me- that meant a lot at the time when it was like photocopying, f- you know, pictures. Like each time you'd photocopy something, it would go down in resolution. Analog, so yeah. yeah, yeah. So I got the, all that, and my thought was like, well, just keep them running. I'll be able to cut back and forth in between. I believe Palmer was wanting running one of yeah. the cameras often that was, uh, i had two jobs that night run the cameras and sing tom petty awfully. that's right awfully. Ah, well it's one of my worst performances ever it's he the, doesn't listen so i think it's okay to say like bauman was just learning guitar and he would literally like if you see this documentary which you will not see this part on this show but like you can watch him count like with his mouth open while he's playing songs. Yeah. Like he didn't have not have a great sense of rhythm. So Palmer was trying to sing a cappella, probably unrehearsed with this person who couldn't keep time. And uh, it, it was <laughs> one of my we worst did, performances ever. Yeah. We didn't include I sang much so much. I think so much like with nobody. And I felt like I really grew as a singer in my time with the, at the cabin and like, God, I watch it's so cringy. So, so cringy for me. I, I won't include that. And that's part of the thing, too, with this is like I'm able to include little bits with this yeah. segment, the Dreaming Out Loud archive outro. Uh, but so, so I mentioned all this because the first the first installment of this and, it, and it, honestly, it may not be every episode. I won't know until I'm putting together the edit because part of it is like something that might come up in conversation. Yeah. Like tonight we talked about our Tenacious D uh tribute act or whatever like if there was nothing else that came up maybe i would show that at the end yeah um or what i want to do is like create like a spreadsheet of all the songs so that because i can't even even me the archivist the uh what's you, the like, guy the who's yeah the, i have who's a the, I, like you're the archiver i you are yeah, the, mike mike hanlon from uh from it like that's me of our, our yeah. group <laughs> um but I don't even have it all straight in my head of like all these songs. So anyway, but that that's something I want to do. So after the song fades out of any long walk, short drink, if you're curious about what might be from the vault, <laughs> there might be a few extra minutes uh, tonight. The few extra minutes will be, or whenever you're listening to this, the opening, maybe like three minutes of the resulting documentary. So as Palmer mentioned, the, the footage was not great. Like, so one of the problems of having higher quality uh, equipment at our disposal that I was also unfamiliar with was both the, the lighting that it required, which were tiki torches, while so much brighter than anything we'd had previous, were not enough. It also made it more, really hard for the cameras to focus. Yeah, so more focus resolution needs more light. You need more light, you know? Yeah. Like, it was all su- big learning curve. 
And so I still wanted to do something with it. And it was such a special night. We wanted to commemorate it in some way. So we shot interviews um, with as many of the cabin kids as we could. As I mentioned, people were starting to leave at that time. So there's no pumps interview. Uh, but there is a good like double, like a paired interview with Crams and Powman. Uh, we got a short one with Palmer. We were trying to use firelight for this one with those good cameras, and he almost he's he's sweating so much, and it's a very short interview because he was just like right next to the fire. Um, Twinkie and I were both we interviewed each other respectively in the same setting in the cow pasture, um, and at some point I want to put those unedited interviews on our long walk short drink page, but yeah. again that will take longer than would be nice. Um, in any you, event, those you have interviews. To drive like local. Drive like <laughs> That's a local. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it so we connected. my throat to try to talk as deep as Twinkie. It was like, exciting when you did it, though. I'm glad you. I'm no, glad you did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so anyway, so I'm trying to like move through this as quickly as possible. Sorry, well, you're not always... interrupting. Oh no, that's not. I just mean like I always have more to say than would be helpful. But ultimately, it's to set set up the uh, this new segment, the dreaming out loud archive outro and so dreaming out loud for anyone who who's not familiar with our our nonsense actually the first time that term was ever used was in relation to this project so if you look at the back of the same sheet that i was showing palmer and you can see this on our youtube page it was folded up like to fit in a pocket so this is probably my 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 bible on the night of yeah. july 31st 1998 on the back you can see it says Dreaming Out Loud, nine, uh, like 98 Cabin Concert or something like that. Fuck. Dreaming Out Loud, Cabin Concert, 19 or 98. So most of our perform, all of our performances up until that time were always impromptu. But this was very well planned and orchestrated. And we invited a bunch of people out and then tried to film it. And yeah, so the film, the footage didn't work out. We filmed interviews and I was like, I'll make it into something. And, and I jokingly refer to it as our Woodstock in part because... In trying to figure out what to do, like I watched Woodstock for the first time, and it was like watching concert documentaries to figure out how people made something of it. Yeah, uh, how they. And so this was the first documentary I ever made, and uh, I've gone on to make s- s- quite a few more like, about our group of friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and All literally around us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and literally kind of make my living making nonfiction like films. Uh, that's like how I afford having two monitors in front of like the computer I'm talking to you on is really belongs to the people for whom I make documentaries. Yeah. But uh, in any event, um, this was the first time I did that. And this was the, such a special time in our lives like this 20 years ago, this summer. Uh, I almost fell off the chair. Literally. Oh, no. <laughs> oh God. Well, so, so yeah, anyway, I'm talking a lot about it, but so at the end of this, this show tonight, you'll see the first of the, it's appropriately to be the first because it was the the documentary that uh, was called Dreaming Out Loud, and ever since then I've called the our kind of joint efforts Dreaming Out Loud ventures. And there were times where whether it be whammo anything or that whatever. It, anything <laughs> involved the cabin, if anything yeah. involved was centered around cabin people, you've called it that Dreaming Out Loud. Yeah, and then essentially I like that. I I mean, you two. When was we a big make thing. our movie in twenty twenty, it yeah. will be like a. a, a it, dreaming out loud will be one of the production companies involved in yeah for sure. as we've so. talked about like the, the the confidence that we gained from that group and all that and 
this was the first time I had like a band of people to make things with. I, I mean, arguably, the cabin made us all arrogant. Like, because sure, we, we yeah. literally put each other on a pedestals. Like, and when you're with a group of people that have all, like, and I don't mean to say this in a bad. I, I'm I'm going to really try to articulate this. I'm a little drunk. I'm a little well. I'm not. I'm a <laughs> <Exhausted>. lot tired. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, when you're when you're in a group of I'm and I'm just going to say an arbitrary number of 15 people and the 14 other people in that group are all putting you on a pedestal because that's what we did. We all celebrated each other. Yeah. So yeah. well, you just gained like, it's just this like powerful confidence. I remember that period of time of just like, well, we'll fucking do this because this is, we're just going to do it, you know, and it's going to be awesome because it's us doing it. We, I think that's the greatest part of the cabin. Why I will like for the rest of my life cherish that period of time is because you were just encouraged to be yourself and it was always met with joy of you being yourself. You know, like I remember when we went and saw gone with the wind, that was one of the first outings outside of the cabin that I had with cabin kids. And I remember when we, when the movie goes on um, intermission, that's how fucking arduous and painful <laughs> that movie fucking is, is they know how bad it is. And they're like, go take 10 minutes on us. Yeah. Like, you know, like, um, but I, I remember during that intermission, I'm like, I'm going out for a fucking smoke. And like Bauman and Crams, Pumps, maybe Logan was like, it was like novelty. They're like, oh, we're going to go smoke with Palmer. And I remember oh. like I had a pack of cigarettes with me and like they all bummed one off of me. And I remember like Crams was so he had only ever smoked cigars up to that point. And he took the cigarette and put it in the, his like molars, like as he would a cigar, like you would chomp on it. And he went to pull it out to take a second hit. And it was like all covered in slobber from like half of the cigarette down to the butt. Like it was unsmokable. There's like, I was like, you don't smoke it like a fucking cigar. And then like, then they thought that was funny that I was like, no, you smoke it like, 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 oh no, this is how you smoke cigarettes. <laughs> and it was, they literally were celebrating that. Like in like, in, in how can you not become arrogant and just fucking an attention whore when you're surrounded by people? And I'm not saying like, because I did the same thing to the rest of the cabin kids. It just created this like environment of just like pompacity and I don't know confidence of just like we're gonna do this and I'm you know it's gonna be awesome and it, and it usually panned out I don't I, <laughs> I'm having a bad time articulating it because of all of my well one of the things I'm kind of excited to do when eventually I do create like that sort of special edition DVD or whatever for basically just for me <laughs> uh is and like double I'm, d double d's like he's for, like a 
devours any of this oh, stuff. Oh, that'd yeah. be nice. Yeah. But I uh, basically, I was like, I'm going to include the. There is a section on film where we read Steiner's critique that's basically like this is kind of like the icky parts of it. Yeah. Um, and, and then I also want to have like a, a CD that's part of the multi-disc thing that is at least the audio versions of all the Cabin Kid LWSD episodes that, oh, yeah. that reflect oh, on it. Palmer's Picks. Or, no, what are you talking about? No, oh, literally like the Paul LWSD. Yeah, like our Cabin Kid episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I yeah, I think it's easy to go and look back on and uh and 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 you know, realize ways in which we were this that and the other and anyone looking back on their 18-year-old self I think is going to it's easy to be critical. But Yeah. But I like to I mean there was a lot I gained from that time and I I the, the things that I personally gained were not I'm sh- I don't know. Lord knows how other people felt about it, but it was Listen, it was so validating. I never felt I never felt arrogant because I always felt just like oh like I I didn't think it should that's be that's probably a much nicer way people. of saying of, of articulating the message that I was trying to deliver. Like it, I'm it, sure it, though it came across like to outside people and even like say Steiner was like listen <laughs> this is yeah. not and poems talk about all the cabin kids we've talked to perhaps minus Twinkie have all expressed a little like oof. I don't know about parts of that. So yeah. I, I don't, I don't discredit that at all. I, I, yeah, I, acknowledge I don't that. know. <laughs> I still say, I like the validating thing though. It was, we just celebrated each other mm-hmm. and all of our quirks. I, you know, like that's the way I see it. When, when we were going to visit you and the bride, Ash and I were on that road trip when we concocted the idea of this podcast. And, uh, she had not met, I think, well, Sarah Starr wasn't a cabin kid. Not really. really. I don't think she was ever out there. Yeah. Um, she had met a couple people, but but when we were on our way to you, she was like, so tell me about Dave and the bride. You know, what? like, who are these people? And the only way I could articulate it was like, so I'm the man you fell in love with and you married. I wouldn't be that person without these people. You know, like they made me who I am. And yeah, it it was just this like perfect, like re- regardless of how you want to reflect on it now, when you have this like extra baggage as an adult, when we were in the most influential time of our life, luckily we had this amazing group of people around us to like just enhance that and bring it up. I mean, it took... 20 years of life to erode away that confidence that the cabin had given me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's I, maybe how likewise. powerful yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm that one summer was to me, yeah. you know, yeah. like that. It took, it took all of this time for me to be like, I need to re I need to re get that. Like I need to get back to where I was because of that. That happened in fucking the summer between 1998 and 1999 school year. You know, like yeah, yeah. that that time, that's when that happened. That three month period, I I rode that wave for 20 fucking years. Yeah, you know? yeah, me too, me too. And and so, you know, she. It's just like, well, well, tell me about these people. I wouldn't be who I am without without that. 
you know, and, and I say that every time you're, I, that she's about to meet another cabin kid. Like, yeah, like this person helped me be who you fell in love with, you know? Yeah. That's, that's I can't, I I can't say it any, like, I can't say it any more simply that like, I wouldn't be who I am if it wouldn't have been for that, that dot, that time period. Yeah. And it's like a, a personal history that we, we carry and that, that, that lifts us up. And a lot of times we mentioned on this show, and then there have been other, there have been ways I've tried to share those moments that you can't just look up. It's not like it's public knowledge, the scene where (laughs) whatever, a couple episodes like where Jacko and I (laughs) were trying to, I don't know, whatever. It's like something so idiosyncratic, but the, when you, I know as a fan of podcasts and stuff, like you can just get, you have all this time to get sucked into people's worlds. And so if people are, interested enough to know or experience a little bit of that stuff as well because i know like a huge podcast fan almost everyone that has podcasts there's something else going on that that in their life whether they're comedian a lot of the ones i listen to are comedians and stuff yeah a lot of times i don't actually take that extra step outside the like even if like they have a youtube page and i'm i listen on my iphone I almost never go to the YouTube page. Like yeah. it's so rare that I take that extra step, even as an Uber fan. That I thought, let's just like let's just contact, let's just put it all in the same like package. And if if you're interested beyond the closing notes of the thing about something else that might add a little bit of con, like a little bit of um, like well, basically something we mentioned, you can actually then experience at the end. Great, stay tuned. Yep. And this this episode, stay tuned. After the magnificent, this is going to be a supersized episode for sure. After the cannibal and the cannibalized, I don't know, brainstorming session, you can see the first few minutes of this. Um, what was my first documentary, and uh, and really set the blueprint between this summer, this documentary, like set the blueprint for the next twenty years, and hopefully my, the rest of my life. Like there, there became a time for me too. I know, like as a person that. At a certain point, I was desperate to move beyond this, like beyond just documenting our friends and stuff. Sure. And there's a great moment in the Steve commentary that I'll maybe someday share where the row was just like, what? I'm like talking about how eager I am to move beyond this thing. Because at that time, I made a documentary about the band we had, Steve, which was a little silly, four years after the band had ever been together yeah. or anything. Yeah. And it's like had no, like no one's going to see it or anything. And still I did it. And, and, and then I'm like, yeah, I'm eager to move beyond this. I'm talking about in the commentary and Rose like, well, what are you going to do? What, what, what is it exactly you're going to do? That's so much more important than this. He didn't say that, yeah. but he did say like, what are you going to do? I was like, well, you know, I'm going to make some things that aren't so maybe self-referential or I, I don't know what I said, but uh, essentially like I wanted to stop being the guy that stops a party to sing the sad songs around the campfire <laughs> or whatever <laughs> to make, cause yeah. that moved beyond like the campfire with the cabin to like making people like watch the movies that I made about that. And so, yeah. so I spent like 10 years doing that playing music and was able to then like create something wholly different and new and create new connections. And now the documentaries I have to make, like it's okay. Like, the music that's in, that's part of that is my own and I can share it. It's actually kind of this superpower that I have yet to exploit, which is I can create the context in which to appreciate that music. You know, yeah. if you watch an American Idol or whatever the fuck, 
like they have those little packages about the people that by the time they hit the stage, you're like, oh, they've been through all that. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> like, yeah, I yeah. can, I can make that for myself, and and that's what kind of what I'm working on now. But awesome on the side, I've got all these like artifacts that relate to our show, and so this is the one time I'll spend all this time to set it up for the most part, or pretty much all together because i won't just know. keep listening listeners yeah. that's the deal like don't hit yeah. stop just just let it play out until it's done yeah or or do hit stop that's okay too <laughs> but 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 basically at the end of each episode starting with this one if there's something i think will be interesting i'll pop on to let you know so so that's the that's the new segment dreaming out loud archive outro that is the last bit of business i have We've no, been but we still have so much longer. Let's do, a, let's do a small king corner. Please, yeah. But I need to piss because otherwise I'm going to piss myself. Uh, yeah, but we can't have that. <laughs> let's go piss. <sighs> and then when we come back, you open oh! your Palmer birthday package yeah. and then we'll do a king corner and then we'll introduce the like cannibal and cannibalized <sighs> conversation. Which I. In retrospect, you sent a text where you're like, I checked IMDb. There's no cannibalized on there. I like that title, just cannibalized. Yeah, I think you like, say that at some point in the conversation, too. Yeah, like uh, that just sounds yeah. great, like cannibalized. Like that's it, As you'll hear in the conversation, that actually uh, has, has a multiple multiplicity of meanings. Yeah. It's the wallet, Steve. So I'm, uh, yeah, man, I can't. It's going to be summer 2020. Watch out. It's going to be fucking outrageous. So, uh, all right. So let, let's go piss. We'll come back. You open my package. We'll do a king corner. <laughs> she said, yeah, that's what <laughs> that was literally my dick's nickname in college. The package <laughs> or no open my package. package. Yeah. It was my package. Uh, so, um, we'll do the package king corner roll in the conversation call it a fucking day so I can go play some new pinball order a pizza (laughs) and not go to bed because I have to work in four hours. I have to work in four. I have to be at work in four hours, which means I have to hit the road in like three hours and 20 minutes. Like, so or three hours and 40 minutes. Uh, I mean the shower I'm going to take, is it going to be at least 45 minutes? So, uh, yeah, I got I got nothing going on for the rest of the night, but I do have to piss. Yeah. So all right, all right I'll be it. right back. Okay. I've been away for a day. Seen the sun come up and then fade away. Stars come out and oh how these people sway. I've been away. Got no thoughts left here on my mind Thought a million thoughts ten thousand times Take me out and lay me down Spin my heart on it all around Now I've been away for Thank you so much. Oh, oh of course. That, that needed to, that needed to happen. Yeah. All right. So, um, oh, what just happened there? Okay. So let's uh, 
there is some King Corner stuff that I want to talk about, but um, at this point, let's just do let's do your um, your package. Oh, <laughs> let's see your package, yeah. buddy. Generally, I wouldn't do this, and it's a little cold here, but and I am a grower, <laughs> not a shower, as well, so I get it. <laughs> so. Do you want to say anything about this before I... No, I mean, like, you're going to open this. There, nothing's wrapped. It's literally, I just took crap that I wanted to give you and threw it in a box. So, like, <laughs> it's not going to be... A, I think maybe, like, your card might even be still in the envelope that says <laughs> on it. So, uh, <laughs> be about Palmer there. Uh, will, yeah. yeah but... <laughs> or, or I'll be about the first part. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, the first part. They know my name is Palmer. <laughs> Huh? Shit. It's on your hat. <laughs> Man, I'm so, I'm so fucking wrecked right now. It's not even know, just the it's, beer. It's just like I'm wrecked. I, you know, it's so wild. Like I, I, I have memories of this kind of like exhaustion, and some of it surrounds the cabin. Like a lot of times for me, I'd go out to the cabin, and I'd have to work the next morning at the video store. It opened at ten, but like I'd step all night yeah. at the cabin. And maybe sleep like three hours or something before going into the video store. But obviously, you're like just living off this, yep. all these fun things that you're doing. And now I'm so. drinking like all these downers, you know, which like they're just like, oh, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, you know. Like I should pop two melatonin while I'm fucking at it and just call it gamble, right? Like, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna open this. Yeah. This is so cool of you to to remember and to send. And then just for, um, Listeners, I don't know, whatever, <laughs> viewers. Uh, Palmer sent me this great uh, video, Happy Birthday, which I remember doing for you maybe before we started this podcast with Crams, like a video message. Oh, yeah, yeah, Cause, yeah. Because our thought was at the time is like, it's whatever time, who knows if he's free. This will be a fun way to just like sing Happy Birthday to him. Well, and Ash and I have, uh, you know, we got off Facebook before we got married. And because we were really pissed at how, like, we both had members of our family that used Facebook as an excuse not to interact with us. Well, it's all on Facebook. I don't have to talk to you. It's all oh, on Facebook. Oh, yeah. You know? Don't get me started. That does not count. Like, have no. you seen my Facebook? No, you can go no. fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and so we both deleted our Facebook accounts. And then we kind of started this tradition of when it's somebody's birthday or anniversary or, and granted, if we happen to know that it's your birthday or anniversary. So if we slided you on this, we apologize. It's just because it's not on our calendar. That's, I, that's a piss poor excuse, but it's the only excuse that I have. Right. But for those of you that we do know, we will personally sing happy birthday for you on a video every time, every year. It's not like we record it one happy birthday and then just send that out. <laughs> we will stop record a video and send it to that person. And and we have yet to have a person like you guys are stupid. Every person that we do that oh, for is no. just like this. Yeah. Thank you so much. You know, like and it's a goddamn supercomputer that fits in your fucking pocket. <laughs> it's Movie production there, studio too. It's there to connect you to other people, but you have to go the little bit extra to make it personal. Posting this thing on Facebook to try to get likes. And I don't even know if that's how Facebook works anymore, but that's, <laughs> that's not personal interaction. If you take the time out of your day to hold your phone 
and say, we're going to give this time to you because we care about you. That's a million times more personal than a fucking post on Facebook. You know, um, I don't know what got me on that soapbox, but. Oh, well, no, I mentioned the. So you, you and Ash sent me. Uh, oh, yeah. This kind a of video. message. But the, the kicker was in the last like few no uh few bars of the song Dude. double d pops out yeah. <laughs> that was <laughs> on the visit and uh so great so unbeknownst to you i'm gonna tattle on myself a little bit unbeknownst to you i had reached out to a couple people because i knew your birthday was in this month and i didn't know the exact day and then when double d came down to visit i totally biffed it i was like oh today's dave's birthday it's perfect but it was two days early and then i lied and said it was like i know it's early but double d was here <laughs> i totally just like miscalculated the days oh that's amazing anyway after, like after it was worth i had it. reached out to multiple people to get the exact day i still biffed it so but i mentioned in that i think this is what you're getting to i mentioned in that video like hey i'm sending you a package so keep an eye out yeah. for it and then the stuff that I, I had ordered took forever to come in. So, but, and this was perfect because it worked out that I got everything on Monday and I put it in the mail on Monday, which gave it just enough time to get it to you on our return from the hiatus. So now you came up with this brilliant idea of opening it on the air. So I get to actually see you opening my package. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want to see that? I, I've been dreaming about this day for 20 years. Like, yeah, I'm peel it back. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, nobody wants to be there right now. I've like I've put 1,400 miles in since Monday. Oh. Nobody, like nobody. I peed just now and gagged the entire time. Oh. Nobody wants to be a part of that. Let me just tell you. TMI. It's like a 99, per, it's like a 99 cent like Burger King wrapped. <laughs> Yes. Cheeseburger yes. smell. <laughs> oh, why did yeah. I say that out loud? Not yeah. necessary. Okay. Yep. All um, right. So, so this is very exciting. Thank you for for. It's a uh, lot of buildup for nothing. Ah, um, but the thought. So the first thing everything. that you should do though is there's an envelope in there, and you should go for the envelope first. Okay. Yeah, and then right. after that you can just. Like, I have the others, but I don't need like, them. Yeah. You don't need them. Yeah. Um, Many things. That's not that. That's not an envelope. I just pull it outside. There's more than one thing in here. Oh, I, I got the envelope. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fun. Oh, it has the return address of someone in Corpus Christi, Texas. That's just the one. I, there were two things that I ordered off of Etsy, and they both fit into this one envelope. That's the envelope for one of those things. Jesus. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay oh lord okay <laughs> and that one better not be on your guitar case that should go on your fucking car dude like yeah or oh okay so oh, you have a new nice card don't put it on your. Car. i don't know i gotta put this someplace prominent but the card yeah. is damn i love you as in d-a-m-m-e and you can see this on our youtube uh, on your picture channel Okay. Let me, uh, let me isolate the camera on you. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. There we go. Okay. Great. So, so you can see that, which that is uh, kind of a 
an artist rendering of Van Damme doing the splits between the the ring ropes and no retreat, no surrender. Fucking brilliant. Uh, and then it came with this decal. Of, Look at that. From Bloodsport. Oh, and he's making this, this, yeah. this thing with his fist. Oh, you can't see it in the sticker. <laughs> but in the show, in the movie, he's doing this. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, God. That is oh, incredible. I, I haven't actually read what you said yet. Uh, don't read it out loud that's okay. for yeah. okay i'll read that later but that yeah. is oh and it says like damn i love you this much and it's like arrows between the two legs of yeah. like the d- full duration of the split. i thought it was like the most long walk uh, short drink to tell another dude that you love him this so. is the best i can imagine yeah. oh unreal thank yeah. you oh and and the, oh in the corner of my eye i saw the dvd the blu-ray of the shawshank redemption which I've not seen. Which you haven't seen. Isn't That's that why I nuts? got it. And so <gasps> oh. the next part goes along with that. Really? The, uh, the last, <gasps> the last oh, thing in the, in the box. Oh, my God. Oh, it's in the box. What's in the box? Oh, it's in the fucking box. He wants you to shoot him. Different seasons. Is this the collection? So that <gasps> book, oh. that's the book. I, I looked on your, where I knew oh. Cujo was the last book I knew you read. And I wanted to get you a book that was coming up in the chronology. And uh. I didn't want to get like the next thing. One of them was the gunslinger. I know you're coming close to the gunslinger. Um, but I, I know you like period accurate yeah. covers. And oh those period accurates of the gunslinger are really expensive. So and- I got you. The, the next one down the list was different seasons. And so this has four short novellas, um, three of which have been adapted to film. One of them is Rita Hayworth in the Shawshank Redemption, yes. which became the Shawshank Redemption. Uh, Stand By Me, it's called The Body, is, yeah. is one of the novellas. Um, Apt Pupil, which has a movie oh, called Stand Apt By Me Pupil. is the one. In, oh, my God. Here, click on, click on the thing so it's not just me anymore. Because... Oh Lord, this is so fucking great. Yeah, so that's so that's coming up in your chronology oh, called I've Different been, Seasons. It's four oh. short novellas, and uh one of them is the Shawshank Redemption. So I also oh. got you the Blu-ray of the Shawshank Redemption so that when you finally read it, you can also watch it. And we need to have a whole fucking episode on that movie because it's so that could be a long walk, short drink remembers episode because I remember watching that when it came out on VHS and it having such an impact on me. Oh, my God. This is so great. I can't I can't think enough. This is the best, most thoughtful. This is literally like what I would get. So this and this are 100% the exact things I would get myself. Yeah. That's why I got them. <laughs> and and then the and then and then this is the thing that I would never know enough <laughs> to like get myself so great. Oh man, that thank sticker, you so much. That sticker is so fucking fantastic. <gasps> oh like, yeah. I don't even know it, like they, they, got, <laughs> they got his face perfect. Yeah. I mean, we've said that the, the blood on his nose and everything just this we've week sent that gift to each other before like yeah. in the long marshall drink cast thread that we've that we have i know that gift has come out before of him making that like oh yeah so and excited. literally like, this week so one of the brides and my obsessions is uh 
is The Walking Dead. And so like Comic-Con was recently in all this. So they were mm-hmm. in the news. and uh, uh, But so Norman Reedus posted on his Instagram this gif that's like this scene from Bloodsport where he's like, Oh, this like with, it's like in this picture with like butterflies flying around. So like 30 years ago that happened. And not only (laughs) you sent me this, but like that's going around. It's like, Oh man, that's so awesome. Uh, I, this I can't. This is perfect. It's the most perfect gift. Thank you so very well, much. Well, now you don't have to worry about that one when you get to it in the oh, chronology. You got the book. You got so the movie. Great. You got, like, oh, you need the audio book now. Now that is, that is oh. a great collection of short stories. So you're yeah. gonna get, the Shawshank Redemption is the first one, and then, the body it which is Stand by Me. Yeah, uh, is the second one. At Pupil, there is a movie. I know of that. I know yeah. of that. Yeah. Uh, it, the the story is much more impactful than the movie. The last one is like the, the sewer scene, and it is unfilmable. There's oh. no way they could adapt that into a movie. Um, I don't want to spoil it, but, it, but that last novella, The Breathing Method, is after Mrs. Todd's shortcut is my favorite Stephen King short story. It's, it's just so good and alludes to this, these other world concepts that permeate the rest of his writing or some of uh, his other stories. This is a great, just like really subtle tease to that. I, I love it. That that So that whole book is just a joy the whole time to go through. Oh yeah, and it's like five hundred pages, literally five hundred pages. This is yeah. Oh man, thank you so much. This no problem, buddy. Is so great. Wow. Yeah. Oh my god. You're like the only friend I have that's like I could buy used books and used DVDs, and you'd be like, oh, "This is amazing!" <laughs> it like, is amazing. yeah. So. Oh my heavens! Thank you so very much. You're wow, welcome, buddy. Oh wow. So, so oh, that's. Okay. That's your present. It was a good segue to a King Corner because it's yeah. centered around uh, King. So, um, an additional King Corner news. So, you alluded to Double D being down, uh, like being the surprise in us singing you happy birthday. Oh, yeah. In, in that visit, we recorded the first episode <gasps> of the Double D Palmer train exploring. Oh! The Dark Tower series. <laughs> so I'm just going to put that tease out. Now, I'm not releasing any of these until we have all seven of the Dark Tower episodes recorded. Wow. But just know. That's like 2021. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it doesn't take that long. He's already started oh the third God. book. And we need to get the second the second episode where we cover the second book recorded. But we recorded a good like two and a half or three hours of just talking the gunslinger. Oh, that is so crazy. Yeah. That would have been birthday present enough for me. Holy yeah. cow. So um, but I'm gonna take care of those. I'm gonna edit it down and trim it all down and get them all down. Like I'll I, I'm but I am gonna wait until we have so for those of you who um are this might be your first time listening, Double D is a is another cast member who I worked with for a long time at uh, one of our teaching jobs. Um, 
he was also one a, a very early fan of long walk short drink and um one of the reasons why he became a cast member was out of the blue unsolicited he had sent me a text and was like hey i'm listening to this episode it's like my fourth time through it if you know our episodes there i mean average length is three and a half hours right (laughs) and and he very early on in long walk short drink he First, he blindsides me where he's list- He's like, I've been listening to this episode for like the fourth time, and you guys talk about this. And I was like, four times? And he's like, yeah. He's like, uh, I also have been making a list of any time you guys reference a piece of media. So that way, I, I because you guys talk about a ton of shit that I want to be a part of. Like, I want to experience it, and I haven't yet. So I'm making this list for me so that I can go – like again, fucking completist, right? Like yeah. I want to watch every movie and listen to every song and read everything that you talk about. And we talk about a ton in one so episode. We'll talk about 50 movies, 18 books and 47 songs, you know, like <laughs> while still referencing movies, books and songs that we've talked about in other episodes. <laughs> <you know? laughs> And then no. saying, "Hey, we need to do an episode of this, and we'll talk about it." Then, like, then we'll talk about another one that five episodes from now we're hoping to do an episode on that we never get to, which is another reason why we're doing the um, calendar. But yeah. he's like, "So I'm making this list," and he sent me like a rudimentary version of this thing, which I think I shared with you, Dave. And it's just I like uh, it was unreal. It's I mean- like it's just it's I couldn't imagine doing that for a celebrity that I happen to like, let alone just your friends talking about yeah. movies that they like, you know, it's literally the kind of thing that I have done about. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned he's a uh, double D is the patron saint of, of LWSD. Yeah. <laughs> like- and so, um, uh, the dark tower is something that's near and dear, but that's something that he, that we've talked about on the show and he has completely embraced it. But we, I said, what a great concept for a spinoff show is where we discuss Double D experiencing these things for the first time as an adult. Things Mm -hmm. that we've grown up on. Mm -hmm. Like, what's your take on it as an adult going to these things? Like, is JCVD that amazing? Or is it just because as a kid, it was easy for us to think he was amazing. And now it's just like, you know what I mean? Like. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I, and that's arbitrary because, of course, yeah, JCVD, I just watch it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Dave, first off, Dave's ready to fight me. All right, right now with this anal- analogy, I almost tweeted you guys the fucking throat over an analogy. I almost tweeted you guys or or texted you guys like videos of me at the Karate in the Garage last weekend, and I was like, I can't just send like, hey, I'm doing Karate in the Garage. No, you, you guys can fucking doing? send that. Of course, you can send that. That's what you should be sending. But and, now I'm training for just in case you step out of line, yeah. JC. <laughs> um, but it's but it's that kind of a, that's that's the that is what I envision with this Double D and Palmer train show, where it's like, like okay, we talked about this and you decided because for a long time in the in the earlier episodes, if you listen to them, we would start recording and then Dave would or Double D would send a screenshot of something that we had talked about on a prior episode that he was just sitting down to watch like 
Big Trouble in Little China was one of those. Uh, Kung Fury was one of those. <gasps> I didn't know about that. Yeah, like one all- time he sent a he asked me for uh the crow that Jacko and I made, so I like I sent him a DVD of it, and he sent me a screen grab of that. Like while we're recording, I'm like, oh my god, because he knows that we're we will will at least see it while we're on the show. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. this is what we need to document. This is the Double D Palmer train where it's like we discuss these things. And so for the longest time, he has, I mean, he's been listening to the, so he's like, I want to listen to the Dark Tower books because I'm a huge fan of them on audio versus reading them. And I'm just a giant fan of the Dark Tower. That's what made me want to do the Stephen King chronology because so many of his books are tied to the Dark Tower series. And uh, he's like, I think I'm gonna, I think I want to listen to the Dark Tower. And so I had suggested we'll start with the second book and then go back to the first book when you're ready to go back to it. And uh, so, but for the last, I don't know, like year and a half, two years. He's just been listening over and over again to the first two books. Just like what? Yeah. Just like, oh, I started gunslinger again or man, I'm listening to drawing a three for like the fourth time. Yeah. It's such a good book. You know, like just saying stuff like that, you know, like he's listen, you know how I was like bragging on an earlier episode where it's like, I've listened to the dark tower so many times that I could just pull the physical books off of my shelf and be able to find the quote that I'm looking for, because I know like generally where it's at in the book. Right. Yeah. When he and Moto came here for the Nebraska trip, he did that. Oh, Des Moines. Sorry. He did that. He pulled one of my dark tower books off the shelf and was like, here, I got to talk to you about this part and found it. Like, Oh my. Yeah. Like, I mean, right. So, we are so we recorded this like two and a half hour, three hour long conversation just about the gunslinger. <laughs> but in that, so in that like two years, I've been fighting for starting this. Like, let's start this. Like, let's do this. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then he'll call and he'd be like, I got to talk Dark Tower because that's just <laughs> what you do when you like, and like after two hours on the phone of like talking about this, like one little piece of minutia about the Dark Tower books. I'd be like, we really should be recording this right now. Like, you know, like, but we finally got it. We finally got it started. Oh, yeah. And that's amazing. He has since moved on to the third book. He is finally progressing beyond the first two books. We still have to record the episode for the second book. Hopefully we'll record that before he finishes the third book. But my goal also is because uh, there's eight of those books. Seven are the core story, and then there's this, there's an eighth one, which is like an in-betweener book that King wrote after he finished it. Um, but m- one of the one of the things I want to do is I want him to make predictions on what he thinks is going to happen in the next book. Oh. Um, so he's already because he was ready to start the third book when we re- finished the recording of our gunslinger episode, I was like, I'm going to tag this on to the end of the second books episode, but what are your predictions for book three? And uh, so we kind of jumped from just talking about the first one into his predictions for book three, which I'll use when we finally have the second book conversation. 
This is so exciting. Yeah. I, and <laughs> you're like, so you're close. I am. To the gunslinger, right? Like, yeah. You're, you're like, I, I'm going to do uh, Running Man. Yeah. Like, uh, and, then, and then Gunslinger. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> and so one of the questions that Double D had was, uh, is Dave going to just do the whole Dark Tower series when he starts Ooh. the Gunslinger? Or is he going to consume them in the order, like in the chronology, um, as Stephen King fans had to do? Uh, my take is just to get the series knocked out. You'll appreciate the rest of the chronology if you just do the whole Dark Tower series. Uh, well, I think maybe what I could do is like center it around your own recordings of that. Oh, I don't necessarily want to get in on that dynamic because I have so much to say always. Oh, no, but you you could listen to them though. You, I mean, don't be a part of them. We'll just give you the raw audio, even if you needed them, uh, just to listen to after you, um, yeah, I will say I will jump ahead. If you guys put out an episode of that thing, well, that might be motivation (laughs) to help us on track with these. Cause it took a year and a half just to record the first one. Um, so, uh, I'm hoping that we can get the second one knocked out pretty quickly because he's already started the third book. Um, and the fourth book is the greatest audio book I've ever listened to. Like I have no problem saying that it is the best performance I've ever heard from a narrator on an audio book. It's not my favorite dark tower book. It is the best audio book though. I've ever listened to. And I think this is actually you get into this in the the bit that I ultimately cut out of of what's to, to follow in the in the role in. But who who is it that performs it? So um, so the the second, third, and fourth book are narrated by a gentleman named Frank Muller. Ah, yeah. Who it, um, he's the first narrator. I for those of you who don't know, I I the majority of my quote unquote reading is done via audiobook because I just don't I'm a very slow reader because I have to read every word and every syllable. Yeah. Me and too. I just don't have time in my life to do physical reading. But if somebody is reading it to me and double D actually will listen at double speed. Like he'll like oh, some no some, no but no, some no no <laughs> on his like on his like seventh listening, he'll do that. Oh, of course, his first right. listening, he won't. Oh, but man. just to get through it more, he'll speed it up. Like I found that much more. I don't know what awesome. I think about that. <laughs> anyway, Double D is awesome, but uh, Frank Muller was the first narrator where I sought audio books that he read without even knowing anything about the author of the book. He's that good of a narrator. It's like listening to a well-performed radio drama that one man performs. Um, And you don't even know it's one man. And so uh, Wizard and Glass, which is the fourth Dark Tower book, is him reading it. And in between the fourth book coming out and the fifth book coming out, which is about a decade. (laughs) um, Oh, my God. God, yeah. very close to a decade. Uh, I mean, in that time, Stephen King got hit by that van and almost died. Right. And so like, oh, yeah. um, in that span of time between the fourth and fifth books, Frank Muller was in a very bad motorcycle accident and was unable to continue to perform as a narrator 
or actor. He was an actor as well uh, and a voice actor. So he can do any of that stuff. Um, and he ended up passing, I think, in 2004. But seriously, anything, just pick up anything he reads. It's worth it. So he reads the second, third, and fourth book. He also read the original version of The Gunslinger, but when Stephen King put out the uh, fifth, sixth, and seventh book to finish the series, he did that. Those all three came out within like 18 months of each other because he just wanted to get it over. And he waited until he had all three of them written before he announced that any of them were coming out. Um, But what was I saying? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. The who reads them? So Frank Muller read the first, second, third, and fourth book. I have that original version of the gunslinger that he reads. Um, but Stephen King, when he put out the fifth, sixth, and seventh book, he updated and revised the gunslinger. So it was there were a lot of continuity errors in that one in the original version of the gunslinger versus the rest of the series. And so he kind of like tightened those up and polished them and put out this revised and updated version of the gunslinger. George Guidel, who is considered the godfather of audiobooks, he's read over a thousand audiobooks. He's a great storyteller. He's a decent performer, but he just has this like cadence to his reading that it's like listening to a kindergarten teacher read a, a picture book out loud. It's just, you just get sucked in to the storytelling that he's able to do. Whereas Frank Muller performs the books. Like he gives each character their own voice. You like they're animated. They're very like, it, it, it's like a radio drama versus a, a really good storyteller, which those are two different things. And uh, so George Gordell reads the updated and revised edition of the gunslinger which i would recommend don't go original on it uh because if you go is that what double d listened to uh yeah because i have these cds that you would have made us uh well the bride you probably have the old version of the gunslinger i can get you the newer one but that's not the the one to listen to no you need the updated and revised one because that's the that fits in better with the rest of the dark tower series um So okay, yeah, and I, I got uh, Running Man first. So yeah, and I mean, I can always get you the Frank Muller reading. I actually think somewhere on my server I have an old, old, old version that Stephen King reads. So I, I, I think I have three different audio versions <laughs> of that first book. I'd have to confirm that third one, but I'm pretty sure I have all three. Um, huh. anyways, I'll take your your recommendation either way. I start with the first, the updated and revised edition. That's what I would do. Because then ahead. you can just go from that one to the second one to the third one. Uh, and one more time, that is <laughs> read by. So George Guidel reads the first, fifth, sixth, and seventh books. The okay. third, fourth, and... F- uh, no, the second, third, and fourth books are read by Frank Muller. Those, and those are... Those are just special i i I mean Mm -hmm. they're just there is just a level of performance stephen king writes about in in one of the afterwards from the other books when he's discussed because him and a bunch of other authors 
all contributed to this volume called the um, Wave Dancer, which is a volume of short stories, I think. And the Wave Dancer is the name of Frank Muller's boat and all the sales from that. It's this like all-star collection of authors and all the proceeds from that went towards this foundation that they set up for Frank Muller after his accident. And so, uh, which was, I mean, which, but Stephen King tells this great story about how he had met with Frank because Frank Muller reads a lot of other Stephen King books, not just the dark tower books. He's read of like a few of them. He actually might read, uh, read a Hayworth in the Shawshank Redemption. Uh, I don't quote me on that, but I think I, he might read one of the stories in the, in that different seasons. Anyways, uh, he, um, I can't remember what I was going to say. I'm a little drunk and a little tired for sure. (laughs) Uh, they're just really good. And and really awesome, but Frank Muller, George Goodell, both of them are stellar narrators for that audiobook series, for sure. I can't, I can't wait to. So, we'll, we'll somehow share with all the long walk, short drink listeners the uh, Palmer and Double D train. Double D Palmer train. Once once they're all Sorry, once yeah. we are done with all seven oh, of yeah. them, yeah. Because I don't want to put the. I also don't want to spoil. Like, of course, we'll talk. Well, there will be tons of spoilers. And I don't want you to stumble across them. There's, it's really important that you kind of go into the Dark Tower series um, blind. You should just mm-hmm. go in and experience it. Um, I've already tainted it by like really talking it up and putting it on a pedestal and talking about how much it means to me. I should have just let you experience it on your own. Because um, there's uh, a well, you're not the only one that I've heard do that. Uh, um... One of my favorite podcasts, uh, Tell Them Steve Dave, um, one one of the three guys on that is, a, a couple of them are Stephen King fans, but but one of them in particular uh, is a big Dark Tower guy. And he, he, he will also make that distinction, like you say. Like, you know, there are Stephen King fans. Not all Stephen King fans are going to be Dark Tower fans. Right, right. So, so that's not a... An entirely unique perspective for me. Like I've heard that that thing about the the this books being these books rather being especially uh, appealing to a certain segment of yeah King's listenership. And and of course, with all we share, I can only imagine that I will. And fuck Jesus Christ! Like I don't like westerns. The only westerns I like are basically the westerns of. Uh, Clint Eastwood, yeah, and Clint Sergio Eastwood, Leone, yeah, which I believe the Gunslinger is based on. <laughs> yep, <laughs> which is exactly who uh, King invi- like he used that archetype, that that um, yeah. Clint Eastwood archetype <laughs> as the basis wait. for the main character Roland. Yeah. Um, I, Roland, that's funny too. Yeah. Moto might appreciate that. Uh, it's one of his favorite audio pro- uh, service providers. Roland. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a great story. Uh, but the key is you should go into it blind as much as possible. So you just get to experience your, yourself. Um, but one thing in double D and I talked about this in the episode, here's the last tease that I'll give. Uh, 
uh, because I in, in in our conversation, I found out that in a because I also turned Stan the Man on to the Dark Tower series. He went through the whole thing, and after he was done, he's like, "Yeah, that's that's amazing, right?" Mm-hmm. And uh, and really connected with it like I did. But that's one of the things when you're a Dark Tower fan is you want to expose other people to it because so you have other Dark Tower fans to talk to because you feel so isolated because nobody else knows. Even Stephen King fans are just like, yeah, I never read the Dark Tower. And he considers that his opus. Like he said that this is my opus. And um, I found out it comes up in the conversation uh, while Double D and I are talking about how he is trying to convince another one of our friends to start the series just so he has somebody. And I was like, that's just so you have somebody to talk to about it. Right. He's like, <laughs> yes, that's a good portion of it. Yes, you're right. You know, but that I, I have found with other dark tower fans that you're, you are trying to turn more people onto it because they are books that beg to be discussed. I, I don't know any other way to say it. The philosophy, the plot, the everything they, they, begged to be talked about and so i spent a large portion of my life where i me and my father were the only two people i knew that had gone through the whole series and how awesome it was the first time i met somebody else who had gone through the series because then you can get it's really hard to sell it's a western that's not all Western. It's a little Western. It's a little sci-fi. It's a little fantasy. It's a little horror. Uh, and that takes a special person to get it. But when the person gets it, you can talk for 18 hours about it. <laughs> Sounds perfect for a long show. Absolutely, drink. right? So, um, so there was that. I'm trying to think what other King stuff I have. Well, did you... Did you in the hotel room? Did you watch Castle Rock? Uh, I didn't have time. Well, I didn't. First off, I didn't let any skin contact that fucking filthy oh, bed. That's right. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I did not have time. And once I got to the second hotel, I just needed to sleep. So now that it's officially after the 30th uh, for our budget, I wanted to make sure that they weren't going to draw that money before the 30th. So. Now I'm going to sign up for Hulu, but I can't watch Castle Rock until I watch Cobra Kai. So, uh, so I'm ready for two weeks from now. Yeah, we'll, we'll put that off. The one thing I have watched the first. They seem to have released the first three episodes at once. Yeah, uh, which is awesome. And I don't, I don't know for sure if I would have watched them otherwise. But the bride was into trying it, so we watched them together. Uh, I. I don't feel the need to share my own thoughts on it. I will just sh- at this at this time because I'm also drunk shit. But I will share. I know that. I will share Stephen King's tweet about it from right. uh, from yesterday. He said Castle Rock is really good. Each episode better than the last. But put all that Easter egg stuff aside and just. Enjoy it on its own terms. The cast is incandescent and they support a story worth telling. I would echo that. Yeah. Uh, After the first episode, I wasn't like super into it. 
but I wasn't, I mean, I certainly was going to keep watching it, but after, yeah. the, I, I think I understand why they put the three out at once. Cause definitely after the third, you're like, Oh, okay. You're invested. Very much. Yeah. Yeah. I just love the, the, the ties to the existing Stephen King universe. Like the fact that Bill Skarsgård is in, mm-hmm. is a character in there who arguably is the antagonist of the best Stephen King, one of the best Stephen King adaptations to ever exist. You yeah, know? and turns out the highest grossing ever, which yeah. is kind of nuts if you think about the volume of those adaptations that exist. Yep. yep. Like, it was the most successful of all time. I can't wait for It, Volume 2. I... Th- I can't remember a lot of the casting. I don't like Jessica Castain, like on on paper, whatever. She's worked with him so many, the director so many times, uh, so it was kind of a no brainer. Obviously, obviously, she's not like a bad at this. She's good at this, but like Bill Hader is a favorite. So Bill Hader is, is, is Richie, plays like, like Trash Mount Tozier. Yeah, and then you have um, uh. Who's the British he, Professor X, the young Professor X? Oh, oh yeah, I don't love him, but he is always good. Uh, McAvoy. Yeah, James, James McAvoy. McAvoy. He is yeah. one of the kids. I mean, I, I um, think he's great, but I don't like have warm feelings for him. Like, I yeah, I've heard he's it. kind of a d bag in real life, honestly, or actually, I could I, I, I could see be that. pulling that out of my ass, <laughs> but um, no, the whole adult cast—they all fit. It's just like the kids; they all kind of worked. You know, and then you hear about who they cast to play the adult version of them. And it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, the Jessica Chastain thing was really funny because fans called that before it was even official. They oh, were like, really? yeah, I like mean- fans of that of the movie who looked at the prior career of the director. She's been in like three or four of his projects. Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, in this day and age, if you're going to cast a redhead like yeah. leading lady, it's going to be either Jessica Chastain and that, or Amy Adams. Period. Or or um, Ron Howard's daughter is oh, one too. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's true. Um, so I don't know her name, but that and that, but that connection is exactly where fans went. We're like, well, she's been in four of his movies, and she's a redhead, so it looks like that's going to be Bev. And that was kind of the tone of this like theory that fans had, hmm. and then like. At first, like Jessica Chastain in some interviews was just like, I don't know. I would love to work with him on the sequel to it, you know, and like and then like, I don't know, like three weeks later, it's announced that she is the adult version of Bev. It works. That's fine. Okay. Uh, There's been a lot of. So that has really spurred this like renaissance of Stephen King adaptations. And there is in the works a retelling of pet cemetery which not only is that one of the most terrifying stephen king books that's a terrifying fucking movie it there there's it's just flat out scary <laughs> um so they're going to do a retelling movie of that they're also redoing the stand i don't know how they're doing it but they have joe hill on the writing staff stephen king's son yeah, that'll so, do. Oh man, when I heard that, my dick was just like, <laughs> you know, like geek boner, like nobody's business, geek you know, boner, yeah. like, uh, 
So I, um, the only other King news I have is I started the outsider on audio in all of this travel. Oh, yeah. Which is yeah. His newest novel. Um, read by Will Patton, who is in his own right, a fantastic narrator. Uh, I love it when a narrator, so like Frank Muller is a great narrator because he gives each character their own voice and sticks to it. And when you're reading across like four or five books, it's really hard to like, I can imagine it being really hard, especially considering multi years go in between each book to be like, Okay, how did I say that with this character? But Frank no Muller <laughs> nails it, you know. Um, the guy reading The Outsider is just he doesn't go out of his way to do voices, but he's just he's just a really good storyteller. He's a, like George Godell. He's just really good at like reading that story and getting you invested in it. And that's what he's trying to do. So uh so far, The Outsider is fantastic. Like I'm still in the like they're setting everything up stage. Oh, I'm going to drop here yeah, any minute. I've been away for. Yeah. Um, but it. Let me stay on mic so you can still hear me. It. Uh, it it's, an oh, it's an exciting time to be a King fan. That's my that's my. It the, really is. Yeah. And we'll yeah. get into that in the in the in the previous conversation that we had. Um, Palmer shares an article which we will share with you, of course, via our Twitter about the renaissance of of uh, King in cinema, especially in television, particularly in regard to people who grew up reading him. So, yep. and, oh, that, and that's the, that's the gist of the article is like yeah. all these kids grew up reading his books, and now they're in a position that they can they can tell that in a visual media the way they always wanted to so uh and that i mean that's the cliff notes on that article which is really exciting to think of it that way you know so uh i i mean because I, mean, I i think if you read enough king everybody kind of gets their favorite right and just at least me most of the time when i'm reading fiction there is a portion of my brain devoted to what would this look like as a movie, you know? Uh, so I don't know. It's just a great time to be a King fan. <laughs> and it's, it's a very interesting time too, as a long walk, short drink listener to imagine what, uh, or, or anticipate what a movie might look like to Palmer <laughs> because oh, what follows <laughs> is fucking riveting oh man uh, i i mean and just the idea so the movie itself is awesome i'm more excited about like making this project that's not like documenting us or us no, just like talking about all the stuff thing. with the that we love it's like let's make something out of this and oh, yeah. uh that's oh, uh yeah. yeah that shit is hard i haven't attempted what non nonfiction? I haven't attempted uh, dramatic work <laughs> for twenty years for good reason because it's hard. But if you have a story to tell, then it's all the more worthwhile. I'm telling you, it's going to be fucking. Aw 
I so I'm at work. I I work at a tool store. That's the that's that's what I'm going to say. That's what I'm going to call it for my part time job right now. While I'm waiting on the offer, I can't refuse to pick up. And uh, one of the tools I was unbox I was unpackaging recently to put on the shelf. I don't even know what it's called, but it's it's kind of like a modify. It's kind of like a crowbar, but one end is like a crowbar where it's slightly bent and it has the fork in it, you know? And then the rest of it comes down into this, like, it's this long shaft. That's what she said. <laughs> also, my dick's name, nickname in college, the long shaft. I want to make that episode title. <laughs> the long shaft. Maybe today. Maybe yeah. this one, since we don't get to cannibal cannibalize. Um. But it's this long shaft that comes down to this like point, almost like a needle point. And it's for like, you can jam it into something and then pry it open like that. But I picture this like where it's wrapped and there's like a handle in the middle of it of this like wrapped twine. And that's just what Twinkie carries around for the whole thing. Uh. <laughs> that's 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 his... That's what he has. And it's just this simple, it won't ever break. It won't misfire. It doesn't need sharpened. It's just this object that's to destroy. And he's made the only modification he's made is to put a handle in the middle of it. So it's more convenient for him to carry. And that's it. (laughs) This is just the slightest preview of, yeah. of what 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 is burning in Palmer's brain so, about the cannibal and the cannibal. And I had this I had this idea and this is kind of an homage an inspiration probably is a better word. Uh have you ever seen The Lady in the Water with M Night Shyamalan oh. made by M Night Shyamalan? No, no, no. No, uh, no I haven't. It, it's this really quirk it it's probably, in my opinion, it's one of the quirkiest films he's made. I haven't seen any of his recent stuff, but when he was still considered like this blockbuster director, right? I think Lady in the Water was like the like one of the last films that he was just kind of allowed to do whatever the fuck he wanted to do, right? And uh, I mean, his most recent films, they haven't even said it's an M. Night Shyamalan film. That's And, and part of that is why I think they've been successful is they don't put that part in the trailers that he directed it, you know? Um, But Lady in the Water was like one of the last one, not one of the last ones, but it was, it's just this really quirky film. But one of the characters, every character in that movie has this specific role that they play in the story being told. And one of these care, and it centers around this apartment complex. One of the characters only work, like he lifts weights but only one side of his body. So like his right side is all like, like non-muscular, just like flab. (laughs) And the, the left side of his body is just fucking ripped from head, like giant biceps. But I picture Twinkie from carrying around this crowbar in the film. He's just his, like whatever arm he carries it with is just fucking massive compared to the other one because it's like four or five pounds of steel that he just hauls around with him everywhere so he's got like there is definite definition to that one arm that he uses to wield this 
thing that just destroys things, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, can you just picture Twinkie in skinny jeans carrying that fucking thing I'm describing and a fucking mullet and just like, just remorseless pursuit. Oh, man. Who doesn't want to see that fucking movie? I don't know. Uh, who like, no. And it's coming. Um, I will have to admit to our listeners now that it'll probably be not immediately following these syllables. But very soon, you will hear, maybe next week. Um, Teasers. Teasers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because because it's a it's it's just a magical uh, discovery as Palmer like kind of thinks his way through the the cannibal and the cannibalized and and I'm seeing now um in the chat Twinkie saying I'm down I'll trade this for an episode broadcast from the site of the now removed cabin oh what a great fucking idea the, yeah. pri- the so wait explain that to me I don't get understand I'm too tired what is he saying um, he, what's Twinkie saying not, I I. He, what were you trading? He doesn't know necessarily oh, the what month. we're talking about right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I had, and I said, I te- like, I said this to us when we were at our Des Moines trip, right? Because like he had the mullet, mm. and I was like, Twinkie, I just see this movie where you're pursuing me, and you're just fucking all you're wearing is <laughs> jeans and carrying a crowbar, and that's all I see right now. And he's like, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the movie this is the cannibalized like that's yeah and, and is... twinkie um oh no my hiccups oh palmer still has palmer's got these ideas living within him and it's it's very exciting but um so i'll share that with you you can listen to the uh mp3 at work if you if you like uh and that idea of someday recording an episode from where the cabin used to be is it's very intriguing for sure. Oh. Does the cabin still exist somewhere else? It used to. It was relocated to a different oh, field. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm all for going back to the like trespassing all over the fuck out of where it used to be and recording <laughs> an episode from there. I'm I'm totally down for that. We can start in the pits. We'll we'll park in the pits, cross over. That's how we can get onto there without being detected. Is we'll park at the pits, cross fifty seven, go through the field, over into the pasture to the thicket, and then we can record <laughs> anything we want right there. Well, I, and I totally like the idea that Cram's posited maybe three episodes ago that we we get together in person like as cabin kids yes. like make that a, a and, well and and this is how i because uh that had come up with double d and i was like and i totally know how we're gonna get you and moto there too is we're gonna like document that reunion obviously so then then all of Long Walk Short Drink gets to come be a part of that. That would nice. be nice. Awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, well, okay. Well, I know you have to. I know you're gonna stay awake. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go, literally. I'm gonna. Go, I'm gonna turn this off, and I'm gonna go shower first off, because I want to gag right now just sitting in this filth that I have, this road filth. Uh. 
<laughs> I mean, there's there is some like Fromunda fumes coming up. <laughs> just like, I I mean, just awfulness. Just I mean, it's it's literally. I could take a petri dish and rub it across my chest and start a new civilization. That's the kind of thing that's going on. Like, that's a that's an old Jack Lemon homage joke right there. Um, oh, I like that. Anyways, that I'm gonna go take a shower, and then I'm gonna order a pizza, and then I'm gonna go play some fucking pinball because. Oh, yeah. All right. We already talked about go to audibletrial.com slash LWSD. Um, sign up for your 30-day free audio um, audiobook trial, and you get your free audiobook. You can download uh, the great reading of Stephen King's It, which we've referenced in this episode. You can download yes, the reading of Different Seasons, which I purchased for Dave for his birthday. Uh, oh, you could probably yeah. download any of the Dark Tower books if you wanted to that we've talked about. Um, what other, did we talk about any other books? Oh, we, uh, you can download, uh, Bruce Springsteen's autobiography. Yeah. Born uh, to run. Born to run amazing. on audible. If you wanted to, uh, remember that's, um, audibletrial.com slash LWSD and, uh, to download your free audiobook and start your 30 day trial. Um, head over to Twitter, uh, search long walk, short drink or, uh, LWSD uh, subscribe to us on Twitter so that you get updates on every time we go live and a new episode drops, as well as all of the things that we kind of reference in these episodes. We try to link to those like YouTube videos and photos and on that kind of stuff. So if you want uh, context uh, beyond the video recordings of these or the live recordings of these, Twitter's a great place to get that. Of course, head over to YouTube. Where and subscribe so we can get our unique YouTube URL as well as clicking the bell so you get notified every time we go live as well as load up a new episode. Um, go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, whatever your favorite podcast venue happens to be. Please write us a review. Uh, it really would mean a lot to us. We we if you've listened to I think that was episode. 49 or 48 where we kind of just talk about our our stats hmm. we really value that kind of stuff reviews are right up there with it so if you like what you're listening to even if you don't like what you listen to because if you put a negative review up that's going to help us direct the show towards what people want to hear um or at least pretense anyways because we kind of don't care we talk about what we like uh <laughs> but uh do that that'd be awesome um did i get all oh and dave's instagram dave allman uh on instagram or uh, just so you can find it uh, so you can find it david i guess <laughs> if you were to search but yeah it's funny because we we make fun of those kinds of things on this show but i've had that for years and every once in a while i'll take a i'll i'll take these photos that I'm like, oh, I'll save this for some day. I'm like, well, in the world we live in, people generally share these things. Yep, yep. And, I'm, and I've resisted that for years. But if I'm honest about what, you know, I don't want people not to <laughs> watch or listen or, or to engage with the things I've made. So I'm like, all right, I'll just put them out there. Yeah. So, so, so I am. I'm trying that. Uh, so, yeah, Instagram slash David Allman would be cool. But all these things you could find through uh, Twitter slash long LWSD pod. pod I, yeah, I, thank I'll, you. I it'll all be filtered that. there. 
So yeah, really nicely said, sir, and and so very great to publicly, <laughs> I guess, catch up with you. Absolutely. <laughs> After a, a month, only a month off. <laughs> <laughs> Give us only a month off, and we're we got a we got a lot. So. Five hour episode, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and what's funny is, is we we met at least twice during that month off. We did, yeah. Privately, <laughs> which is just fucking asinine. Like, that's, that's like, fuck. Oh, that stuff man. was really helpful to me personally. <laughs> oh no, and it was like, well, it's always helpful to me personally, but it definitely was worth it. So, um, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. Uh, uh, Angie, it's, we're glad to have oh, you. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I forget who the other. You said we had a uh, somebody oh, who man. might have come via the. We had Moto. Unboxing. We had Broadman. Broadman, like had all, like all of you for joining us for these live recordings. Yeah. That's so awesome. Uh, Twinkie, we can't wait to have you on for the next one. Like I said, I thought you were gonna. I, I was hoping you were gonna come on this one, but. Next one's fine too. So the uh, Cobra Kai, all that good shit. Uh, Never it, die. Yeah. It, oh, that series is magic. Yeah, I got to go through that too. I have to listen to the. I have to listen to the the, the cannibalized conversation, and then I got to watch Cobra Kai for next the next time. So, um, yeah, looking forward to it. Oh, that's nice. Thanks, Angie. She says oh. you're in fantastic company. Yeah, thank Likewise, you, man. Yeah, absolutely. So. Thanks a lot, Long Walkers. Thanks for joining us. I got, I'm going to go fucking shower because I just feel like a cesspool. <laughs> so, um, I seriously, like I'm disgusting. So, all right, I will. Uh, I'll talk to you later, buddy. All of our listeners, thank you so much for joining us. This is Palmer signing off. Long walk, short drink from Dayton, Ohio. This is it Dave signing off from Northfield, Minnesota? Thanks so much. Love you guys. We'll talk to you on the next episode. Here's Long Walker. Thanks for sticking around. This is Dave uh, recording the first uh, intro for the Dreaming Out Loud archive outro segment. So as you would have heard us talk about earlier in the episode, this is a new feature where after the, the closing notes of the Long Walk Short Drink song, I'll be presenting something that uh, from our own or my own personal archives um, that relates to, to the show uh, that we talk about or something whether it's something we mention directly or some sort of anniversary. Uh, in this case, um, as we talked about earlier, I will uh, I'll put in the show notes here on YouTube uh, a link to the setup and payoff um, timestamps of this. So if you want to hear a little bit more about all this, the, but if you saw all the way to the end, I'm sure you saw that. Anyway, if you want to go back and refresh your memory, there'll be a setup link for the time code and a payoff which will jump basically to a couple seconds ago. In any event, um, the the first feature here is is uh, from my first documentary, which is uh, called Dreaming Out Loud. And again, I would have set that up earlier, but I'll tell you just quickly now. It was, um, and we're talking about it today because of the anniversary of the Cabin concert, which 
it centers around. Um, July 31st, 1998 uh, was when that concert took place. And um, you'll hear uh, about it here in the, the following clips. Um, I didn't finish the documentary till May 21st of 1999. But again, we're talking about the uh, largely the concert itself, uh, during which I wore this exact shirt, <laughs> shirts combo, um, though the pants are long gone and probably couldn't fit on my right leg. But uh, okay, this is already much longer than I want it to be. Um, so I'm going to roll in here the uh, the intro for the uh, the documentary. Um, it's about two and a half minutes, and then uh, we're going to skip ahead to a couple of other beats before we let it all fade out. So without further ado, uh, here are the opening moments of uh, Dreaming Out Loud. <laughs> I guess people always think it was our idea. It was actually uh, Eric's cousin. Um, he he uh, had the idea and we decided we'd work off it. We had come camping up into the woods and he decided, okay, you guys need something to keep us out of the rain. And uh, so we we built a cabin. First couple of times I remember the, all we did was basically just sit around by a campfire. There were a few nights that rained so we'd be in the cabin, but we didn't do a whole lot. I don't think we went to the pits for the longest time. I know we, we didn't play the guitars, so nothing really happened. Music started when, when Dave came out. Um, just another added angle of things we could do for hours and hours on end to take up time. And uh, we thought it'd be neat since everyone, almost everyone could play or tried to play or did something to, to organize the last cabin night that we could all be there as mini concert. Well, the idea behind it was since everyone there played music. But randomly, like one week someone would play or someone would play a few songs, might as well just get everyone together at once and play and play it all. It was a few weeks before everyone started leaving. And it was the last night, I guess, that everyone could be there. Like the next week, Heidi would be gone, and after that, someone would be gone, and then someone would be leaving. So I mean, that was the one night. Everyone who's ever been there, like regularly, or I hate saying that word, could be there that night. That's when we had it. That's why we had it. Just one last bash. Go out with the bang. So the then this starts the the concert and we use the concert to uh, to kind of inter 
weave the story of the of the cabin a little bit and, and some of the people uh, featured. Also to help break up, as, as Palmer mentioned, the the too dark and out of focus um, video. So I'm going to skip ahead now to uh, a portion where uh, there's some music being played and I get in on that action and can embarrass myself alongside my my friends who were featured in the opening moments. Um, this is me uh, and and Cabin Kid Logan playing uh, Dave Matthews' tune, Don't Drink the Water. And you can hear in this my very uh, imitative style. Usually I was imitating Eddie Vedder singing Pearl Jam songs, but in this case I, I mixed it up and you can hear the Dave Matthews uh, impersonation. <laughs> but uh, you can see here in the angles, um, I think it, Palmer was actually running the camera that I don't know if he, well, you know what I think it was? I think he was leaning out the window of the loft and uh, pointing down to get this overhead shot that, that you see throughout uh, the, the first part of this song. Either that or he was literally in a tree. <laughs> I'm not sure how he got that shot. Uh, but that's what, you know, we were trying to shake it up. Um, so that I gave them the directions that you can kind of see on that uh, piece of paper printed out or drawn, handwritten paper that I would have flashed during the uh, earlier part of the episode on the camera. And if you're listening to the, uh, just listen to the podcast, um, this all is obviously a very um, video heavy portion. So go to YouTube and subscribe while you're at it. <laughs> uh, you can also see that, that planning piece of paper and the diagram of the cabin and stuff um, on our Twitter page, which is uh, LWSD pod on Twitter and, or my Instagram. Uh, I wrote a, longer entry about it and featured a bunch of photos. So that's Instagram slash David Allman. Um, okay, so I'm going to play this segment. Eh, he, <laughs> it's embarrassing, but I talk about in here about the very first inc- time when I played music with these guys and then as I started to bring the uh, guitar out to the cabin. So let's roll that.
try without there being guitars now. Like, I didn't really realize that no one had brought one out before I did, because Corey plays and Nick plays, and I was to find out later Hartzler plays. Hartzler, who I thought was 30 when I first saw him for the longest time. I thought he was so old. He plays country songs when we need to bring it. And then, and then after a while, there's just every week there was a guitar out there. Very last, uh, very short uh, piece I wanted to include features another cabin kid, uh, the one and only Twinkie, talking about, I think, what the cabin means to him. Um, and then you'll see a bunch of us. This was kind of the closing number. Um, it's a rusted root song, Back to the Earth, that uh, Pumps is leading us on. And we're all kind of singing the, the haze. And then uh, as it 
sort of dissolves to the morning after you hear some of um, Pumps' lead work, and he joined me on uh, U2's Running to Stand Still. And you can see the cows and the mist and stuff. And then it'll fade out. So um, if you watched all this way, <laughs> thank you so very much. I really appreciate the opportunity to to share this stuff with you. And uh, it's a much more immediate fix than the uh, years-long process it would be for me to remaster these elements, which I'm, I'm hoping to do. It was all I could do, really, to, to rescue them this year from, from decay. <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, until next time, this is the Dreaming Out Loud Archive outro, and I am your host and often um, featured <laughs> on-screen uh, subject, David Allman. And uh, on behalf of Palmer and myself, thanks again for, uh, for supporting us. We'll... Uh, Leave you with these sage words and dulcet tones of Twinkie. Cheers. But Kevin, I think uh, more than a more than a place, more than just a just a spot on the map, is a symbol uh, to me of everything everything I've ever aimed for. You're always running, running, running. And when you have time just to sit out and relax, and especially at a place where time seems to stand still sometimes, uh, the cabin means more than any word could ever say. And, uh, it's just a symbol of, of my life. I mean.